it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As many of you know, I like my food analogies when it comes to pro wrestling. Don't ask me how I make it work, but I think I do some of the time. I, I really actually am into food. I like uh, nutrient-dense food. I think about what I eat. I think about what I put in my body. I think I make good choices, and I have good energy, and I maintain my weight well. And part of that is whole foods and nutrient density. But that's not always possible when you're in a rush or when you don't want to order out and spend the money on the tip and waiting for the driver to show up. And a lot of us don't always have time to cook. Some people just don't like to cook. And that's where Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals come into play. I have regularly ordered those on my own. I found that I like to have a supply of Factor Meals always on hand. It takes about two minutes to heat and eat. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals make it easy to fuel up fast. Factors Rotating Meals have a ton of fall options every week, too. You can add your seasonal favorites like Three Bean Vegan Chili, one of my favorites, or Tuscan Tomato Chicken, or many other options on their menu, which changes every week. In fact, Factor offers 30-plus meals per week and 36-plus add-on options like smoothies, juices, snacks, and more to keep me going no matter what's on the schedule. And Factor, as I noted, is cheaper and quicker than takeout. Seriously. Thanks to their commitment to ingredients with integrity, you can actually feel good about what you're eating every day, and it tastes great. They don't add a bunch of extra salt and artificial ingredients to try to fake it. They use real whole food, and you'll taste it. Again, I can attest to this as someone who likes to cook and likes to eat out. And frankly, I'm kind of picky about restaurants I'll go to a second and third time. These are chef-crafted recipes packed with restaurant-quality flavor. So here's what you do. Head over to go.factor75.com slash wade60. I'll repeat that in a second here. And you'll get 60% off your first box. That's code wade60 when you go to go.factor75.com slash wade60. That's go.factor75.com slash wade60 to get 60% off your first box. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, PW Torch and Spreaker bring you the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast. It's time for the weekly flagship, talking current events in pro wrestling. Five years ago this week, Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net joined me on the flagship, the November 16th, 2017 episode, to be precise. And I think this is a fascinating episode including a discussion on whether we would pick Finn Balor or AJ Styles to run with and give a push to, you know, considering they're going to face each other at Survivor Series this year, and we've got a lot more uh, evidence of who has been more valuable to WWE since then. It's fun to look back at what Jason and I were thinking at that point. We also talked about Adam Cole's upside and his potential limitations on the WWE main roster. Also, Austin Aries on the Chris Jericho podcast. Is ROH positioned to become a stronger number two in the United States? Thoughts on the Ric Flair 30 for 30 special. And also uh, an in-depth review of everything going on in WWE in the lead-up to Survivor Series, including speculation on different directions the booking might go in terms of outcome and angles. This includes the previously VIP-exclusive after show brought to you free here on our Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast, five years ago, flagship flashback for Tuesday, November 15th, 2022. In a couple of days here on the Blue Logo Show, Todd Martin will join me on the new flagship episode, and we'll be talking uh, a lot of AEW on the uh, eve eve of uh, the Full Gear pay-per-view, and uh, also the latest WWE developments and everything else going on, so check that out in a couple of days. Thanks, as always, for downloading and streaming, and uh, let's get to our show with Jason Paul here from five years ago this week. Now, Podcast One brings you the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast. It's time for the weekly flagship talking current events in pro wrestling. Jason, Survivor Series just got overhauled in the last week or so with Triple H and John Cena and AJ Styles winning the championship. Is Survivor Series, though, leaning too much towards the big legacy stars who are in their 40s and special attractions? And could that actually hurt some of the younger guys who otherwise might have had a chance to shine? You know, obviously we need to see it play out, see what they have in mind. I mean, I have the same concern I, but I'm not surprised by this. It just seems to be the way they do things for these bigger shows now, uh, especially WrestleMania. We don't normally see this at Survivor Series, but 
I, I, you know, I guess I'm just excited by the fact that they loaded up the Survivor Series elimination match because usually it just feels like, all right, there's a few people in there that are, are glorified enhancement. You know, you just kind of know who's going to be eliminated, who's going to survive. Where this one, it is pretty loaded, and I guess we just have to hope that, yeah, all those guys that you're talking about, the Joes, the Ballers, they're not just there to be the enhancement guys. Yeah, because with an elimination-style match, I'm sorry, but I don't expect Triple H or Kurt Angle or Shane McMahon or John Cena to be eliminated first or early right. in this match. And, you know, under a different circle, you know, like when even – and I, Jason Jordan had a bad performance on Monday, um, a cringeworthy performance on Monday, I think. And he's been – I so- liked it more than you. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll cover that. Um, well, that plays – that helps with my question, so I'm glad. Um, because Jason Jordan, instead of Triple H in that match, gives Jason Jordan a high-profile circumstance – to be in the ring with his dad, Kurt Angle, and Braun Strowman, Finn Balor, and Samoa Joe, and to be opposite of John Cena and Shinsuke and Orton and Shane. And now he's not. And I feel like that's almost like giving up on a first-round draft pick to put uh, an old veteran on his last legs into the game, hoping that you know he'll, he'll help this one game, but you're taking away the chance for this other player to, who has more of an upside and less experience, but would, would gain valuable experience. And from a wrestling industry standpoint have rubbed shoulders in a big match with some big names in a way that could fast forward or advance his acceptance among fans as a legit you know potential main event guy but sometimes that first round draft pick is christian ponder (laughs) and he just doesn't have it and i'm you know it's too soon to say that definitively about jason jordan i i just don't feel like as a baby face he has it and, you know, one of the reasons I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt, who's to say he doesn't play a major part in the finish of this match? You know, if he is going to turn heel, I hope that's not the plan. I'd hate to see, you know, all this loaded match. I think it would come off poorly. Um, but, you know, let's see what they have in mind for him. And, I, you know, I like the loaded Survivor Series match. I really do. Um, you know, I, I guess we'll kind of wait until Sunday night to kind of sit back and look at it then and see who was treated fairly or you know in in our assessment did they do a good job of protecting certain people the younger talent as you're mentioning but i I think jordan just felt out of place in there he was a guy that i was looking at as oh yeah he's gonna he's gonna take somebody's finisher and be eliminated amongst the first people anyway yeah and and if that was all the plan was then nothing lost if the idea was let's do an angle or build the storyline and, and give him a chance to show what he can do in the ring and what might be a long match. Again, you know, like Jason Jordan tossed it around. I, I mean, Jordan had some big moments on Raw against big-name opponents, but to be able to do that at a Survivor Series setting could help him advance, especially if they are, and I'm, I'm kind of... Who does he do that on, though? Like, from the Survivor Series team where the crowd's going to accept it and get behind I mean, you you heard that crowd on Monday. Well, they don't like him. If he's going to go heel, then it works right. if he does it against Shinsuke and Cena. Um, maybe he shows some attitude against Shane McMahon. Um, you know, I, I just think Jordan having moments opposite of Shane, Randy, Rude, Nakamura, and Cena, if they still have plans for him as a face or a heel, could have been beneficial. Now, that said, I'm, I'm, I, there's a little bit about just playing that scenario out more as a, a, an exercise in conversation than me taking a strong stand because I'm also intrigued with Triple H. And, and we'll talk about that uh, as our next topic. I do want to set the table here. This is the... Wade Keller, Pro Wrestling Podcast, flagship edition on Thursday, November 16th, 2017. 
I am Wade Keller, and I am joined by Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net. Jason, always good to have you on the program. It's good to be back. You were under siege. You had Jake on yesterday, Jake Barnett from uh, my staff, and, and here we are today. And uh, don't send him over here during the show because I've got somebody like Kane ready to choke slam him. I don't know if that fits. Uh, I don't know if that oh, it's not like SmackDown where you just uh, assume no one's going to show up? <laughs> yeah, I still get a kick out of Shane rallying the troops. we got to be ready. And then nobody's ready at the end of the show. When, <laughs> when all the fans and security's even set, you know, like arranging things for the Shield to come out. And the women are still just letting their guard down. At least they were dressed. But, um, you know, they're just hanging out in the back. And, and nobody's really ready to run out to the ring. I guess maybe Shane was worried about being mocked because Angle overreacted last week. So they wanted to underre- he wanted to underreact this week. Anyway. We're, we're almost done with this. <laughs> almost- yeah, you know what's more alarming to me than anything is that they show that all the women, baby faces and heels, dress in the same locker room. Oh, I know. That's so weird. I know. Well, they, they, there's this this whole month of November is sort of bizarre world, and it's shat. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't want to. I didn't plan to get off on this topic quite yet, but I mean, we're kind of there now. <laughs> I, I am looking forward to things getting back to normal where dogs and cats didn't get along, you know? <laughs> and and this is just dogs and cats sharing couches, living in harmony, fighting fighting for the common cause against other dogs and cats across across the street. It's like, no, that's not how it's supposed to work. I, I don't know if that... I mean, I, I wrote about this in this week's Processing Torch newsletter. You know, I, I think like Baron Corbin, for instance, his character is so compromised because there's some heels who are like, yeah, what, you know, I'll do whatever I got to do to sell out to, to play up to the boss. And I'll pretend to be rah rah because you know I do I I do have some pride in people not looking down at us. But when this is over, I'm going to be you know I, it's going to be uh, game on. I'm going to try to you know beat up everybody else in this roster. I mean, there's some characters I believe that Corbin I just think would have benefited here from during that rah rah speech from Shane when you know Shane called on him to just just go you know I'm going to be fighting for me, not you guys. I'm not wearing a blue T-shirt. I'm wearing a Corbin T-shirt. I'm on Team Corbin. And if that helps you guys, then you can celebrate all you want. But I want you to know, I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it for me. I don't care what brand I'm on. I'm here to dominate because I'm the best, and I will show that. Like, just having somebody say that, and, I, you know, Owens and Zayn did a little bit, but, you know, there's just such a storyline reason for them to do it. I want a character reason to drive one of the heels to not play along. Um, And so, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I've been giving them some credit this week just saying, hey, at least the last few weeks they went all in on a dumb idea instead of hedging, you know? Yeah. And so I think they've mitigated some of the damage than if they started second-guessing what they were doing. But I still just kind of look at this and go, man, next week we got to go back to thinking nobody can get nobody can occupy the same room without a fight breaking out. And that's what you want to think, that these outlaws— Unless they're, unless they're female. Well, no, I'm hoping we get back to that, too. Like, I'm hoping that they were just sharing a locker room because Shane said, we need you all to be together. No one can, you know, it's like walking dead. You know, don't don't go off on your own. You know, we got to we got to work together and stick together. Uh, and then they inevitably go off on their own. Well, of course. <laughs> yes. Um, Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One way that you can help us sustain our schedule of putting out podcasts throughout the week is by giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Just go to Apple Podcasts and look for our Wade Keller Processing Podcast and Wade Keller Processing Post Show and give us a five-star rating. We hope you think we've earned that score with our fast turnaround times and our quantity and quality of wrestling analysis throughout the week. So take a moment out for us and do us a favor and give us a five-star rating at Apple Podcasts. That helps us on search returns and helps us grow. And if you want, you can add a few comments about what you like about the programs in the comments section. Thank you so much. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, yeah, I'm, I am, I mean, first of all, I'm, I don't want to sound negative on Survivor Series because I think this is a really compelling card. And yeah. I, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And I really was just, you know, here trying to explore in the, ex, in the excitement uh, in the rush of all of these big names, and and obviously we're, I'm very, I mean, most of all excited about AJ and Lesnar. I just wanted to think, okay, are, are we, are we, is this Vince McMahon going back to the old guys because he's insecure for some reason, or looking to you know pop pop uh, some network buys or forward some WrestleMania storylines and set the stage, and it's going to weaken the rest of the roster, and that's my concern. So I, I guess what I'm saying is I hope that getting to Triple H here that there's some thought put into the other four you know the you know uh, even orton you know like and not just have them look like background players because if you're going to do shinsuke aj at mania or at some point you know this is a chance for shinsuke to carry himself and be presented like a star in this match and not just get a couple spots in before he's eliminated oh for sure yeah i i i'm very curious to see how this all plays out i think 
that elimination match, I mean, it looks good on paper, but it's just all the intricacies of this. It is going to be really fun to see how it all shapes up and, and, and who actually is spotlighted. Um, and, and you're right. I mean, hopefully it's not just basically the part-time wrestlers, Kurt Angle and Shane McMahon and Triple H. They, they need to, and, and John Cena for that matter, they need to incorporate some of those other people into key spots. My guess is for... Joe and Balor, they just can't coexist, and that's going to be their easy way to get them out of the match. Right, and and Joe is somebody who I also am thinking, you know, protect him. Don't make him seem like a raw, raw, pro, raw guy. I mean, I just don't believe that, you know, you can apply what I said about Corbin to Joe. You know, yeah, you want me on the team, pay me. You know, let him be that guy. Yeah. He'll do it, but only if you make it worth his while financially because he really doesn't give a damn. And fortunately, he doesn't really have established ties with anybody on Team SmackDown or, like, you know, the heels where it'd, it'd be like, why, why would he cooperate with uh, Finn Balor when he's, you know, when, when he should be working with, you know, his good friend Randy Orton or something like that? Like, the good part is, is Joe has no reason to not just want to beat the hell out of Shane, Randy, Bobby, Shinsuke, and Cena. Right. So in that sense, it's not a contradiction for him. Uh, but, but the Triple H thing, um, what, what's going on here? What, why do you think he's in this match? And do you know or have a sense of if you think that this Jordan swerve was planned all along or was a late call because Triple H had to substitute for Roman and got in ring shape and then he suddenly had a great idea? Reportedly a late call. It's it, The timing is so interesting, though, because he has been wrestling. And I know some of it was emergency to get him overseas because they didn't uh, uh, have Roman Reigns. But I, so I, maybe that is the case. Maybe, you know, I don't know definitively, but I like it um, going in. You know, for all the reasons that you're talking about, it may turn out to be something you look back and go, oh, man, why did they – you know, why did they spotlight Triple H and all these uh, and all the part timers and do nothing to help the people who are actually going to be there? But, I, man, this match just feels so loaded. It's something that I've never been a big Survivor Series guy. I mean, I can point to particular events that happen in Survivor Series, and I do find myself looking forward to the elimination matches. And then the show happens and like one's enough for me. I, it, it People tend to, I think romanticized about these great Survivor Series elimination matches, and there really just are not that many. This feels like, I mean, if somebody can, I'll challenge people, if you can, people who have a better memory than I do are going to take the time and go through Wikipedia and look it all up. I I can't think of a more loaded uh, Survivor Series elimination match than this one. I I agree with you. Um, If if it is, it's got to be a tie, because this is big. And yeah. Uh, so do you, Triple H is going to be opposite of Shane McMahon, his brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. Um, Triple H was, uh, I, I guess we're supposed to think named by Kurt Angle, but sort of named by himself and Stephanie too. Uh, but, you know, Triple H and Stephanie haven't shared, you know, ring time and acted like the authority. Um, so we don't really for sure know what Triple H is up to and why he wants in this match and why as a COO of the whole WWE brand, we got an email on this. As a CEO of all of WWE, he's not a Raw guy. You know, why is he representing Raw? But he's going to be opposite of his brother-in-law, Shane, so there could be a storyline there. And he's going to be opposite of John Cena, um, which is just interesting from a standpoint of what a throwback that is to see those two opposite each other. And really, for for that matter, the same thing with Randy Orton. And I think it's kind of cool. I don't know if we'd ever get a Shinsuke Triple H singles match. So I I think from a... I hope not. (laughs) From a legacy standpoint... I don't know. From a legacy standpoint... Seeing those two lock up in battle, it's it's kind of cool. I mean, they they both 
Triple H's been around longer than Shinsuke, but they've both been top guys, you know, for years. And um, Shinsuke about, what, 10 years? Triple H is junior. Uh, but still, it's kind of cool. I didn't, I didn't think we'd see those two share the ring together. So we're getting a few maybe one t- one-off uh, moments with Triple H that maybe we wouldn't get otherwise. Yeah, and, and what I mean by I hope not is that I, I think this is the perfect format for it where you get a little oh, taste of it. Yeah. I don't really – I don't think their styles mesh well enough where it would be this really good match that would live up to most people's expectations. Um, I could be wrong, but yeah, I, I like that you're going to kind of get a little taste of things. As far as Hunter, the COO, the storyline COO of this company, his wife runs the one show, you know, and and even within this, the WWE storylines, and certainly even more so in real life, there there's there's a rivalry there with, with Shane McMahon. And so I can kind of write that one off in my head, even if they're not going to take the time to explain it. Fair enough. So what do you think the issue with Triple H in this match? I, I mean, there's one of the fun things about this show is I, I don't like unpredictability if it's just chaos and randomness. But if there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot of different storylines that could develop from this. And I am curious where we're headed with Triple H. Do you think we're headed towards Triple H against Kurt Angle? Are we headed towards with, with, I mean, the idea of those two coexisting, you know, on the same brand and then having issues with each other, that could happen. And then there's also the possibility of, of Hunter and Shane or, I mean, an, out, an outside chance of, who knows, maybe Triple H and Cena want to go at it one last time at Mania or Rumble or something like that, too. What, what do you, where do you see this going? I do think it's going to be Angle and Triple H. That just kind of seems to be what they do with returning veterans for WrestleMania. Is they end up, which you know, whether it's Sting and there's other examples, they end up facing Triple H. There's a story to tell there. I just hope that by the time we get there, it's not an intergender match. And, and what I mean by that is Kurt Angle, like, is emasculated by Stephanie McMahon now every week. And if we're just going to get more of that, I, I you know, it, it's hard to respect the Angle character as it is. Like. Why can't this guy just stand up for himself? Why does every authority figure have to be so grateful to have the job that they just throw aside their dignity and stand there and take it while this woman just blasts them? I know. I, I know. I mean, the the, the the Stephanie Angle angle on Monday emasculated Angle in a way where I just think people at home are going, well, I, I used to respect Kurt, but he just stood there and took it. And, you know, they, they tried to create a situation where, well, you're, you know, like Stephanie would tell Big Show, you have no choice. You made those investments in that shopping mall and, and you lost all your money and you're responsible. And if it's not this, what are you going to do? You're a giant. And it was like, I was very against it. You know, that talking to, I just thought it emasculated Big Show in a way where it's just always in the back of fans' minds. It took away, you know, a sense of mystique and dignity to who he was. And, you know, I can't imagine her talking to Undertaker that way, for instance. And not that she should talk to everybody like Undertaker, but with Angle, they didn't even set that up. Like, why is he, why is he standing there and taking it? You know, do, do I, so if, if they don't create a reason for Angle to be willing to take that, then it makes him look weak for standing there and, and, and all that. And I, they love the, I think they think their fan base, it really resonates with them to see a boss being, uh, uh, upper management being mean to middle management, and middle management is just trying to do the best because apparently they think their fan base is made of a bunch of people who either are middle management or are very sympathetic with middle management. Or maybe they don't think that much about it, and it's just Stephanie being Stephanie. And But I looked at it as we want Stephanie to be so mean and nasty and ir- unredeemable that when Roman 
gets to be the first person to really talk back to her a little bit, that will help assure Roman when he comes out gets cheered because I do think they still are calculating ways to try to get Roman cheered and not get that mixed response. As much as they publicly say, we're happy with anything, as long as it's a response, you can see they keep trying to steer Roman's character in a way where they hope fans will start to accept him and not reject him with, verbally. And yet they put him in there with one of the most popular acts in the company in New Day. I, mean, it, I know. <laughs> it's bizarre. Yeah, everything is designed to get Roman over, heading into WrestleMania, have that big crowning moment where he beats Brock Lesnar and all of that. And yet here we are at Survivor Series and you bring back the shield and that's the one scenario where he tends to be cheered unanimously and you put him in there uh, into a scenario where I can almost guarantee you when he, they have the big showdown with him and Big E during that match, the majority of the fans are going to root for Big E and boo Roman Reigns. I know. I know. I, I am. I am. That's a whole. I mean, there's so many talking points on this show. I, I, I really do. And I'm really looking forward to things that are unpredictable, that are out of WWE's control. And then I'm also looking forward to what they have in their control, which is the booking of things. Thanks for downloading today's show. Take it to the next level with a VIP membership. Get shows like this, the Wade Keller Pro Sync Podcast, Wade Keller Pro Sync Post Show, and the PW Torch Daily Casts on our PW Torch VIP podcast feed with ads and plugs removed from the shows for a streamlined listening experience. And also hear the VIP exclusive shows that I host with Rich Fan and Todd Martin. Everything with Rich Fan and The Fix with Todd Martin's signature VIP series that you're missing out without a VIP membership. So go VIP here in 2022 and enjoy all the benefits all the bonus content, and the ad-free listening experience. PWTorch.com slash GoVIP. Um, sticking with, with the Team Raw, Team SmackDown for another minute or two here, mm-hmm. um, Shane McMahon and John... Well, let's, let's do John Cena here first. John Cena didn't have a chance to be on SmackDown last week, and maybe that made sense, focus on AJ winning the title. They announce on social media the next morning. Shane does. John Cena's on the team. This week, Cena isn't around. You know, he, he's not able to be there and and help defend SmackDown against Raw. And we don't even hear from him with a video. It it, it That's the part that I, I question whether that was the right move or not. And we can't judge until we kind of see what they do on Sunday and perhaps even what they do afterwards with him. But is 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 he really helping the show enough if there's not a real storyline reason for him to be there that propels Cena going forward? If there isn't something with Cena, was it a mistake to put him in there instead of somebody else who's full-time who could maybe benefit? Or do you just say, no, load up the Survivor Series, sell network subs, make this a mega event, um, and you know someone else being in that match in Cena's place doesn't really, doesn't really help them enough to offset the star power of Cena and what he brings? You know, I, I, I guess I lean star power. I, I don't know who from the SmackDown brand is left out that needs to be in that match. I mean, you can make a case for Owens and Zayn, but I kind of like that they're the guys who – it was weird that they chose to go ahead and try to qualify for the match. But I did like that when push came to shove and, and the Shield showed up, they looked like they were standing and, and ready to help New Day. And then just left the ring and left them hanging. I did get a big kick out of that yes, on SmackDown. I did too. But yeah, I I, I wish there was some explanation. I mean, I, do you, I mean, do you think we'll even hear a John Cena promo where he explains this, or is it just going to be, oh, here's John Cena making his entrance? That's kind of what I'm thinking. I mean, it, you know, Rock sends in videos when he's busy in Hollywood. Yeah. And John Cena can't be bothered to do that, but he can post a video of him doing squats. So, I mean, I just think a, a video from Cena 
ex, you know, just explaining, hey, I'm here on the set. Sorry, I can't be there. Um, but maybe he doesn't want to look more like Rock since, since he was so critical of Rock all those years. So I don't know. Well, I'm interested in that. Shane McMahon, uh, where do you, what do you, what storyline do you see coming out of this? Obviously, Shane and Kurt in particular have a rivalry, but you, you, you mentioned New Day and, and Shield and fans having to choose. Who are fans going to choose between Shane and Kurt Angle? That's going to be an interesting part of this whole match is when you get those baby faces in there, who do the fans side with? I, I My guess is they side with Kurt. Um, boy, it's it's tricky. And beyond that, I guess it's just Shane and, and Hunter is kind of the key thing to watch because I can't think, you know, Shane doesn't have too many issues with anyone else in there. So I, I guess those are the two big ones for Shane. And, and I think he'll probably be cheered against Hunter, but he'll probably be booed when he's in there with Kurt. But I, you know, I don't know. That one might be a little more even than I'm, than I am at, than I envision it being. Yes. Yes. All right. Um, trying to think of anything else from this match that jumps out to me other than we just kind of got to wait and see. Cause I think we kind of covered it. I mean, I assume Randy will just be, you know, in the mix. We could be, I guess, blindsided. We could get a, a, a heel turn out of nowhere, but I doubt, I doubt that this will be the setting Again. for that. Yeah, exactly. So, um, okay. So moving on, uh, to new day and, and the shield officially, I, I, Again, 10 days ago or 12 days ago, whatever, we weren't really, you know, they hadn't mentioned Roman's Re- Roman Reigns' name. We weren't sure he was going to be ready or that they were going to even, you know, and then, and then there was a tag team title change. And like, what are they going to do with Dean and Seth? And they're like, oh, wait a second. Cole said Cole said that they'd be back next, uh, Roman would be back next week. Dean and Seth don't have the tag titles. The New Day cost them the tag titles. Boom, this makes sense. Um, I think that was a huge match to add to the Survivor Series. This was a this was a good show, just with Brock and a good show with Brock defending against Gender and Team Raw, Team SmackDown, men and women, and uh, you know some decent secondary matches. And Charlotte, you know, now that gave a boost to the women's match. I think, but you had the, the Shield for their second match together now, but against New Day. I think that strengthens the show considerably. And again, it's another one of those matches where. I don't know how the crowd's going to respond, and I almost, I mean, I think Dean can fend for himself character-wise, Seth maybe, Roman, that's where I'm interested is, does this sharpen the Roman knife in the sense of he's going to be, there's not a lot of promo work, but just the body language and the way the match has worked, you know, if New Day are trying to do their thing, Roman's going to have to step up to not look like he's not just a spectator and that he's actually engaged with them in a way where the fans are kind of having trouble to choose who's who's outdoing the other person uh, just in terms of the physicality of the match, but also kind of the body language and the head games, which I think New Day are likely to play. Yeah, and if they try, like, let's say the game plan is, all right, we'll have New Day be kind of heelish for the night, not super over the top because we want them to be baby faces coming out, but of the two teams, they're the ones trying to cheat, take some shortcuts. I think New Day fans are going to cheer New Day for doing it. They just, you know, they have those personalities where I think most fans are going to get behind that if they're if they're going into that match pulling for New Day to win, which I don't think they're going to. I, I don't see how this really helps Roman Reigns. Um, it's one night. I mean, it doesn't make or break Roman, but I, but I am with you in that this adds to the show. It's not a. It's weird because I'm looking at it going. Eh, this match doesn't really 
do much for me I, because I'm someone who likes a good storyline build to a match. Uh, there's exceptions like the main event that we'll get to where there's not much of a storyline there, but it's just so damn good on paper that you know, you've know you dreamt of seeing this match. This isn't really a dream match for me in any way, but it is something that I think once the bell rings, I'm going to be enjoying it. I'm going to be compelled to see how they play this out, who wins, you know, how they win and all of that. But I, I don't like the storyline that, well, New Day caused a distraction that either team could have taken advantage of, and the heels were smart enough to take advantage of it and get the pin. So therefore, the Shield is mad at New Day. That, that's not enough for me. I need more. Yes, uh, good point. Uh, uh, good point. Okay, so speak. Um, do, well, do you expect? Let me ask this: Do you expect any turns in the Shield and New Day match? Because a lot of people are kind of dropping that out there as well maybe there'll be a turn like any chance of a roman heel turn here or uh new day talking about how unified they are and somebody saying that's kind of whenever somebody brags about something in that context in pro wrestling that means it's about to come to an end any chance of either side seeing a turn or even dissension honestly i haven't even thought about i mean i think they're going to ride the shield thing longer so if there's going to be a turn in this match i would think it's on the new day side um, I mean, I think eventually they're going to give Big E a singles run. I don't, I'm not really seeing anything with them being so big on foreshadowing. I can't point to really anything that made me think, ah, it's coming, it's happening. But, you know, so I hadn't even been thinking about the, the, the whole line about them being united and all that. So maybe it just, you know, went over my head. But I, I don't think it's happening. But if there is, I, like I said, I think Big E's the guy. That of New Day that they're going to want to give that big singles push to. Yeah, and, and I, I think that this match can just make sense. Hey, we got the Shield, and there's another three-man team, and it's just going to be a one-off. I could also see it as Vince looking ahead going, well, next superstar shakeup, I'm going to, you know, we're going to split up New Day one way or the other, and we want to plant some seeds for issues between, say, Biggie and Roman, because I think Biggie as a heel against Roman Reigns next summer is is what I want to do once we're kind of past WrestleMania season. Vince thinks like that, I think. And so this match might be, in part, a deliberate attempt to plant some seeds for something like that. So I guess it's worth look reading into what is booked in the match because I don't think there'll be any accidents. But that said, sometimes things just happen that don't mean anything, you know, that don't lead to anything because Vince changes his mind or they were there just as an isolated moment and not planting a seed. But I, I will say, I think it's worth reading into looking at some things in this match to see if there's more of a reason for it happening than just New Day's got nothing going on, Roman's healthy, let's switch the tag belts and do this. Yeah. Yep. All right, very good. Let's, uh, let's go to our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about Survivor Series. It's going to be a Survivor Series heavy show today. Um, but we'll, we'll touch on some other topics too. And we have a bunch of emails from you, the listener. And we will get to those flagship mailbag questions coming up later in the show too. So stay tuned. Thank you for subscribing to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast and Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows. Don't forget, we got a whole lineup of other shows called the PW Torch Daily Casts. It's free. Just search PW Torch in your podcast app. A different show on a different topic throughout the week, including shows dedicated to AEW, NXT, MMA, Ring of Honor, and more. Just search PW Torch in your podcast app or check out links to the latest shows at our main website, pwtorch.com. All right, we're back for segment two of the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast. Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net is my guest. Let's uh, let's continue our conversation here on Survivor Series, and let's let's move. Unless you think I'm uh, skipping anything on 
the matches we talked about. Let, let's go ahead and, and talk about Brock Lesnar and AJ Styles, because this is quite the turn of events over the past week and a half. Uh, we had Paul Heyman tearing into Jinder Mahal in a promo that was like, wow. Um, that's you know We talk about what Stephanie did to Kurt Angle in a different way. Heyman said what a lot of people were thinking about Jinder, and maybe it rang a little too true. Uh, looking back, do you think Heyman knew or was even trying to position himself for uh, to, to, that that AJ would actually be the opponent? Because the promo on Monday night that he gave about AJ was about the it was pretty much the opposite of Jinder. This is a very worthy opponent, and he, prov- he provides very different challenges. And here, this is he's a phenomenal worker and all that stuff. So uh, framing it on on looking at Paul Heyman and what he did with Jinder and what he did with AJ first and foremost, do you think? Uh, what do you think of that the the juxtaposition of those two approaches? You know, going back to gender, I just felt like it was the only way to promote that match with Heyman retaining any level of credibility. If he goes out there and acts like gender is this uh, real threat to beat Brock Lesnar, I think there's going to be fans just sitting there. There's going to be a real disconnect, and fans are going to be rolling their eyes at Paul it's Heyman. Another bring it to the table moment for him. Yeah, really, and, and you know, so I I think that was the best way. I don't know that he was opposed to the match as much as the character may have seemed like he was just blowing it off. I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, the AJ Styles match, I I can't even say I was a big fan of the way that was handled on Monday. I didn't think it was a bad promo, despite, I I don't know why you would propose at a wrestling show or right in the middle of a Paul Heyman promo, but uh, best of luck to the happy couple, I guess. (laughs) But even taking that out, it for me, it just... Formula. By the way, the couple has disappeared, and they are uh, the community is looking for them. Bro- huh? I think I think Brock and Heyman like oh, hunted gotcha. them down. Took me a second. After, how dare you interrupt our? That, I thought there was some. I thought there was like some great story. Like, no, this couple's missing now. <laughs> no, no, but WWE scandal. <laughs> but no, you know the the problem. I, I, just, I not- just I just I gotta say it's not a good omen to interrupt Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar on live television to start to start your uh, engagement and, and life together. I think, I think there's better, better ways to approach that. Paul might have had a smile on his face, but I just start thinking of the Godfather movies and some handshakes and smiles that led to you know, horse heads and beds. No, the, the, the promo, it just felt formula. I, I want – this is one now. Some of it is just, hey, they're, you know, they have one night basically on, on their end of things to promote Styles and Lesnar, which is too bad, but the match sells itself, so I'm not too down on it. But – I'd like to see Paul Heyman maybe show a little bit of concern, like well, you know that he's not happy about this. He's mm, interesting. Instead of just you know giving the lip service that he gives other opponents, and that's what it's starting to feel like. I, I want to see Paul Heyman look very worried that my God, this is AJ Styles, and and maybe you know make it seem like his client Brock Lesnar doesn't have those same fears. But I think there's a way to just make this feel different and feel special, where the approach he took. Eh, like I say, it's just you know, kind of what you would expect Paul Heyman to say. I gotta say, I'm very much looking forward to this match from a match yeah. quality standpoint. No matter what the hype and buildup is, and all that other stuff, this is a dream match. You know, I, I, I think there was a chance we would would not have seen this. You know, I think there was there, as of two weeks ago, it was something we wanted to see, but it m- might have ended up not happening. You know, it's just it, who was the best opponent for Brock, and how many dates does he have left, and all that. So. I'm just happy we're getting it. I wish we had a little bit more time to hype it. But that said, I thought Daniel Bryan and AJ did a great job on SmackDown on Tuesday, uh, creating a sports-like reason to believe that AJ 
has a real chance against Lesnar. I thought that uh, Danny Bryan painted that picture. It felt like the promo Bryan had spent months in thinking of and devising if he ever faced Brock, and he, he got to say it and apply it to AJ. Um, I think I think it was Jake Barnett who, who brought that up uh, initially on yesterday's show. Uh, so, yeah, just the, the, the concept of the match itself and us getting to have it and – I, I, I'm hoping we get like 18 to 22 minutes, maybe more, I mean, or more. I'll take more, not just a Brock Suplex City special, and we're in and out in eight or 11 minutes. No, I'm totally with you. Really looking forward to this match, and I felt like Daniel Bryan out advocated the advocate for Brock Lesnar. I, I thought that was a tremendous promo, and it was fun to see him get back into that mode. You know, he does a. Uh, he does a he does a nice job as the general manager. He's likable, but it doesn't require him to really sink his teeth into much. And there's also some pretty shoddy acting that that we see from him and Shane McMahon at times too. Yes. Where this was Daniel Bryan delivering a good wrestling promo. He shined. Uh, that was uh, excellent hype for that match. And you know the what's your guess as to how this is going to play out? I mean. I think most people assume, well, if there's a clean finish, it's, you know, AJ's taking the F5 and being pinned. Is it as simple as that? Because even with Brock and Jinder, I was looking at it as you're not getting a clean finish here. Even though, you know, Brock should win that match clean, uh, you're probably, this is going to be about building up Jinder and there's going to be some non-finish. Is that in play because it's universal against the WWE Championship still? I I think a clean finish of Lesnar winning is most likely. Um, but I think a really hard-fought battle. I I don't think Jinder Mahal... I, I hope Jinder Mahal doesn't cause that. I like. I'd, I'd, would you rather have AJ lose clean to Brock in just a really competitive match where AJ looks like a million bucks? Or would you rather have Jinder interfere or have some sort of... Uh, a double count-out, double pin, or non-finish in order to protect the integrity of the WWE title and champion compared to Brock and the Universal title? Honestly, I... Okay, number one, I'd like to see AJ go over, but that's not happening. Um, I mean, am I? I mean, I'm not 100% ruling it out. I am only because I still think everything is being done to elevate Roman Reigns, and you don't want to give Brock Lesnar another loss before that happens. So if it, I'm not saying AJ can't win, but it would take some sort of distraction finish or something like that. I just can't see them saying AJ is going to beat Brock Lesnar clean and then because it doesn't go anywhere. It's just that's it. I mean, unless somehow, some way they're going to come back to that match. And, it, you know, with WrestleMania, it seemed like it's already set in stone. And then Brock's contract situation being what it is. My guess is he's back. But I just don't think they're planning long term for AJ and Brock. And so I do think sure. that Brock, if there's a clean finish, Brock goes over. But I will take the outside interference, believe it or not. I, I, I rarely say that. And the only reason I do is because I think you do want to make it seem like these titles are equally valuable. I think you, yeah. you, you run the risk of damaging AJ a little bit. This is a guy who just lost to Baron Corbin not all that long ago, uh, clean, and now all of a sudden he loses another one to Brock Lesnar. Well, what kind of a champion is that? You know, And the answer might be, well, it doesn't matter. They're going to put the title right back on gender. But I'm hoping that based on what's happened in India with those uh, poor ticket sales leading to them 
turning two shows into one show, that the gender experiment as the WWE champion is over. I, I don't think they should just write off Jinder Mahal completely. I think he'd be a fine U.S. champion, and that's really where he should have been positioned to begin with. I think that would have been much more acceptable. So I'm not like a gender hater, uh, but I, I just, you know, I, I think it's time to keep him away from that WWE championship. Let AJ run with it, and, and in order to do that, he needs to have, he needs to be strong, and he needs to be credible, and so if he takes Lesnar to the limit, and there's a distraction finish or gender outright interferes he's protected yeah i i I mean the more you talk about it i i the more i'm just like i don't i'm not sure what's going to happen because i do think they have competing interests here and it's one of the you know having champion versus champion like baron corbett against miz well even that we'll get into that it's like you know it's no big deal whoever wins that match like they can move on um you know, I mean, I don't expect Alexa Bliss to score a clean win over Charlotte, but I mean, even that's not hugely disruptive. But AJ and, and Lesnar is on the surface a, a booking challenge to our eyes and Vince's eyes. It might not be in that. Well, of course, Brock goes over. He's our biggest star other than, you know, Roman Reigns as a full time guy. Um, but if, if Vince suddenly is like uh, I, I, this gender thing didn't work. And again, this might sound, people might be laughing as I say this, but he might just say this this tall, muscular guy with limited skills wasn't good enough. Let's go with a smaller guy who the fans actually seem to really like, and let's 100% embrace him and see if we can get a two-, three-, four-year run out of him on top. That's what I think they should do. I think that's best for business. That's not just me as a fan not thinking of of the the, the revenue figures and and just wanting good matches and my favorite to be on top. Like That's not my perspective. I think that's... That's what, as if I were a stockholder, that's what I would want them to do to make the most money. And so if that's the case, you know, maybe Vince just goes, ah, Brock, you can, you know, you can take a loss. I've got a way to build up Lesnar Reigns in a way where it'll still matter that Reigns beats him. But I need AJ strong. We need SmackDown strong. Um, And maybe this India thing, you know, shook him up a little bit. So that's where I'm just, maybe I'm just talking myself into it so that I can believe there's a chance that it happens on Sunday, so the two counts feel more dramatic, and and, and submission attempts feel more dramatic. But I, I'm very, I, I find it a compelling matchup because it is, I think, a booking challenge. The 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 most likely outcome is a competitive match, and Lesnar wins clean, and they stand up, and fans give him a standing ovation, and they just pretend it didn't happen right afterwards because AJ goes on to feud with whoever he does on SmackDown, and Vince doesn't care because in reality, SmackDown's the B brand, and the SmackDown champion is the B champion. You know, and maybe they'll take that approach. I, I, that's my fear, though. It's like they've spent so much time with SmackDown's inferiority complex already that they call us the B show. They're just driving that home. That I, I do feel like okay. You know, even if they go well, but the SmackDown team's going to win the elimination match, and they're going to win more matches overall. Right. I still find it to be really damaging to the title, and I so I, I, yeah, I, I, I go with some. I, I find an, an out. And I think the the key is leave people feeling disappointed that the match didn't get the resolution they were looking for, but only after you've given them so much that they're still satisfied. You know, you've it's not just some eight minute match and you get cheap interference and everyone's left disappointed. You give them a great match that right. makes them want to see this match somewhere down the road again. You can support us on Patreon and get these shows. With ads and plugs removed, the Wade Keller Processing Podcast, Wade Keller Processing Post Shows, and the PW Torch Daily Cast throughout the week with ads and plugs removed, plus a few bonus VIP shows throughout the month. 
for just $4.99 a month. Check it out, patreon.com slash pwtorchvip. That's patreon.com slash pwtorchvip. And you can also upgrade to other tiers and receive even more benefits through Patreon. Searching for more great pro wrestling talk? Then join me, Jason Powell, host of the free weekly Pro Wrestling Boom podcast. Each week, you'll hear the latest news and analysis from me and my team at ProWrestling.net along with other pro wrestling media members. Plus, the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast features long-form interviews with notable names in the pro wrestling industry. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all your favorite secondary apps, or visit us directly at PWBoom.com. Once again, that's PWBoom.com. Do you think AJ is going to be the champion at WrestleMania and beyond WrestleMania? Is is 2018 going to be the year that 2017 should have been? And Because, I mean, he's so good. I mean, he, I, he is underrated on the microphone. I mean, I thought in that short promo after Daniel Bryan, he got right to the point, didn't belabor it. But he has a swagger and a confidence to him that, that is reminiscent of Shawn Michaels when Shawn Michaels was the best in the business. When you have the respect of your peers and you know – that the fans recognize that there's there's something about just the way he holds his his puffs his chest out holds his shoulders back throws that soccer mom hair backwards and just says he is the best and he does it in his own words that that more often than not uh not always but more often than not seem to connect and fit his character whether it's scripted form or he's just you know kind of helping in the scripting i just think there's something about there's an authenticity to him that WWE needs, and with his whole skill set, I, I just—it's hard for me for, to think Vince is looking at that SmackDown roster or some changes he might want to make in it and come up with a better solution for who should be the WWE champion throughout all of 2018. No, I, I am totally fine if that's the approach they take. I do think he'll, and maybe I'm being naive and, and thinking that they're going to pull back a little bit on gender. Like I say, you know, U.S. level champ. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I, I still – I think the right move is to keep him champion, certainly in Telmania, if you can get Shinsuke Nakamura heated up to the point that, well, he can be that guy. Cool, but we haven't seen it yet. And so, yeah, I say coming out of WrestleMania, AJ should be that guy. He never should have lost the title. It was a mistake. You know, this whole bank on Jinder Mahal for India project that they went with. It just it really had damage on the entire SmackDown brand. I thought things were moving along pretty nicely until that happened. And then there was this trickle-down effect where you had AJ feuding over the secondary championship instead of being in the world title picture. And Jinder's damaging Nakamura by beating him. And just the list goes on. I, I think it was a, a, a mistake on their part. And hopefully they kind of try to rectify it in a weird way this year by or in 2018 by going aggressively with AJ Styles as the true face of that brand all right so let's uh let's move on from that I'm glad we settled what they're going to do um in our discussion (laughs) came to a consensus um so we also have uh the Charlotte title victory on Tuesday night uh are you for or against that move having Charlotte win in Charlotte and facing Alexa Bliss on very short notice at Survivor Series. Because the, the counter-argument is that uh, Alexa is such a talent and that the Charlotte-Alexa matchup should have been safe for when they're on the same brand and there's a big build for it and that this is kind of uh, rushing it and spending something before you get the most out of it. I think that's the main counter-argument to doing this as opposed to having Alexa versus Natalia, um, which which would have led to Alexa, I think, being 
universally cheered because Alexa's more likable than Natalia. So, yeah, your, your thoughts on this late late title change to switch up that match? First off, I'm happy that it happened so that I don't have to hear Johnny Fairplay and anyone else who's going to Starcade predict that they're holding off on Charlotte winning the title until then. Um, so at least we have that out of the way because Lord knows I can't. No, she's winning it. She's winning it at Starcade. Like, it's a house show. They, she could, but I don't think they're going to you know, put aside television and, and Survivor Series before a house show. Because, no, they're going to pay her back for getting a win in her hometown on TV by having her lose at Starcade. <laughs> that could happen. You never quite know with them. Um, but I – I like the move. I don't think I don't see Charlotte and Alexa Bliss as this dream match. So maybe that has something to do with it. It's a good match. I think your dream match to work toward is Charlotte and Oscar now. You know, that's yes. the one yeah. that you want people kind of fantasizing over. Or Charlotte and Ronda Rousey, but that's a little more down. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And with Alexa Bliss, she's a pest heel. So she can lose this match clean and be fine. I, I don't think anything changes there. So I, I'm, I'm all in favor. I, that's another one that should have happened sooner. I don't know why they took as long as they did to get Charlotte in the mix. I, I, I did Jim Ross's podcast. You know, uh, Well, I've been on there a few times, but I remember on one of the appearances he was saying he was defending not putting the title on Charlotte sooner because he said uh, he thought they needed to build up opponents for her. And it was it's a valid argument, but – I'm looking at it going, well, who are those opponents that they've built up? I, I don't think anyone has really benefited. I mean, Natalia is Natalia. She gained a little something, but Carmel is still running around with the with the briefcase, which, by the way, could come into play on Sunday. Yeah, yes, keep that in mind. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't. We got about I, 10 I, questions on that, by the way, <laughs> in email, sure. people wondering about that. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah I think it could. Um, but I, I, I just. I, I think this is the they, they finally have the titles on the right people on SmackDown. It's taken yes. way longer than it needed to, but it's finally there. 2017 should have been the year of AJ and Charlotte post Superstar Shakeup, and really prior to it, it should have been the AJ Charlotte show, uh, AJ show all year, and the Charlotte show all summer here. And they should have built the SmackDown brand about having two great champions, uh, you know, framing them as great champions, and and that. And, and who can who can dethrone them? I mean, one of the great easy storylines in professional wrestling, and you can build television around this in a sports-like way, that is entertainment, is having two dominant champ. You know, here in, the, in this case, a women's and a men's do- dominant champion with everybody scrambling to get that belt. I mean, there's so many things you can do storyline-wise with that when the eye is on the prize. And, I mean, you know what it was like, Jason, when, you know, Ric Flair was going to be a champion and and uh, Hulk Hogan was a WWF champion and fans of those respective promotions were just like, they just sit around and talk with each other. Who's going to be the next long-term champion? Because the, the NWA World Championship was so connected to Flair and the Hogan title was so, con- uh, the WWF title was so connected to Hogan, it was hard to imagine anybody else in that spot, it's like Brett Favre right. and the Packers or, or you know, a president who's been in office for eight years, and it's a weird feeling of someone else standing in front of that presidential seal. That's yeah, it is. It, yeah, that's what it felt like. And I, that's what it should feel like with SmackDown and AJ and Charlotte, that it's just I think there's money in that, and they can – Charlotte and Natalia had a great match, a uh, great TV match. It was paced differently than it would be on an NXT special, but for the context that it was presented in, Really good, really good match. And AJ's going to give you good matches. Just 
sell the network to the ardent fans who respect AJ and have SmackDown be what it was supposed to be. I don't say supposed to be what people hoped it would be. And they talked about it being, which is having a, 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 a an identity of its own. And the way to do that is just have to pick two people to be your dominant champs and run with it and go all in on it. I'm all for that. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think they have the tag titles on the right people. I mean, new day or the Usos is fine. Um, yeah. And I'm okay with Baron Corbin as U.S. champion. I, it just and you I, can I do guess, tag title and U.S. title changes. Like I don't think you have to have all four all four major belts locked on the same person all year. You're gonna have right. two dominant, and then yeah. But go ahead. But, but I was gonna say, you know, I do think if you can get that U.S. title onto Jinder at some point, he can have a nice run. I just think yes. that one writes itself. You know, the yep. foreign menace is the U.S. champion. It's everything that. They could have done – I guess they, they technically did for a little bit with Rusev yeah. before he became a comedy figure. Uh, but, you know, so let Jinder have his run with AJ now, and, and when AJ ideally beats him, then, you know, eventually Jinder's rebound is him winning that U.S. championship, and then I think uh, SmackDown is in a pretty damn good place. All right, so we'll wrap up segment two here with official predictions. Are you ready to do official predictions? I, I haven't put a ton of thought into that, it, that believe perfect, it or not. But perfect, because we'll, I, I we'll do our best. I don't take predictions all that seriously, but it's still kind of fun just to put, put you on spot, get on record. Uh, Miz and Baron Corbin, who do you think wins this one, Jason? Oh, I'm going to go. That that one is actually tricky because of the heel versus heel. I I mean, you would think it's just if, if it's clean, it's Corbin, but with Miz, Taraj, I don't I guess I, I lean Corbin. I, I lean Corbin, too. I think Corbin wins when Curtis screws up. Sure. Yeah, I'll go with that. Now you can subscribe to our VIP podcast lineup within the Apple Podcast app using your Apple account. That's new as of March 2022. Just search PW Torch in your Apple Podcast app, and you'll see the PW Torch Daily Cast logo show up. That's our free show that's been around forever. And also the PW Torch VIP Podcast logo. There is a free show every week, so subscribe even if you don't plan to go VIP and get a sample of our VIP tier programming. But if you click subscribe, then you'll become a VIP member instantly with a three-day free trial, after which your Apple account will be charged. So you don't need to take out your credit card, debit card, or go anywhere else. If you listen to our free shows on Apple Podcasts, you are five seconds away from being a VIP member with a three-day free trial. So we invite you to check it out. That includes dozens of VIP shows throughout the week, including VIP versions of the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling post shows and podcasts and daily casts. All those episodes are presented to VIP members with ads and plugs removed, along with VIP exclusives like our post-pay-per-view roundtables, the Wade Keller Hotline, The Fix with Todd and Wade, everything with Rich and Wade, and many other VIP exclusive shows. Just search PW Torch within the Apple Podcasts app. In 2012, NXT transitioned into the developmental system and ultimately the brand you see today. On the Torch VIP podcast, NXT Eight Years Back, we'll be taking a weekly look at this page in NXT's early history. Join Kelly Wells and me, Tom Stout, from PWT Talks NXT every Saturday as we go eight years back to the day to track NXT's rising talents and why they did or didn't work out exclusively for PW Torch VIP members. Okay, then the Raw Tag Team titles are on Sheamus and the Usos. What's the finish here? Hmm. Um, 
Cesaro and Sheamus have lost quite a bit. I guess the Usos are baby faces now. Did, when did this turn occur? I don't know. When did Benjamin to... and, and I always want to say Haas, but Benjamin and Gable become heels? I, I think it's sort of in like this middle this middle zone where it hasn't fully happened yet, and they're warming people up to the concept. But I mean, the Usos are going to get cheered against Cesaro and yeah. Sheamus. I. I, I think I think if there's a decision, the Usos win. I think that's pretty clear. I think there's this might be the match where it's uh, a double countout or something, and they, they just don't. But I, that's kind of a cop-out because you want to have a scorecard here. You know, I mean, they build up Ross Smackdown so much, you don't want a bunch of cop-out finishes. So I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to say the Usos. I'm going to go only because, uh, you know, and this may lead to me being completely wrong, but so rather than just kind of pick by match, I'm going to kind of pay attention to what I'm doing in the other matches. Right. I think that's and right. since I went with Corbin, that now I'm going to go with the SmackDown or with the uh, uh, the Raw guys, Sheamus and Cesaro somehow cheating to win. And see, storyline-wise, not to get ahead of ourselves, but if Brock beats AJ and the storyline is, well, SmackDown won all its matches except for one, that makes AJ look like the weak link on SmackDown in their little storyline that they have here. So that's a, kind of a scary route to take, too. Like, if they if they load up SmackDown wins to try to make up for for Brock beating AJ, that just, I think, weakens AJ because he's the only guy in SmackDown who couldn't carry his weight, who couldn't carry his water. So they have to be careful about how they frame this, if, if that's the direction they go. And maybe they'll just kind of, you know, split. Uh, split that, see, that's bit. what I'm thinking. It comes down to that final match. And no one gives a damn about who wins, but you know, more match between SmackDown and Raw. Yeah, you'll have people grumbling if Raw wins more and they branded SmackDown the B-Show forever. I get that. There'll be some. But by and large, no one cares about this rivalry. Yes. I, well, I know. That's a thing. Um, okay, so uh, women's match, Charlotte and Alexa. Uh, Charlotte, think, again. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, I'm going... SmackDown for the secondary title, Raw for the tag title, and and Charlotte, I, I think, needs to win this match. And then I think we're agreeing that Brock beating AJ is, is most likely. If you had to put your money on it, you know, you would do that. Yeah, it, I don't think AJ wins clean. I think the most likely scenario is Brock goes over and there's interference with gender. And then uh, Shield and New Day. Um, I'm, I'm go- I, I just can't imagine them pulling back on the Shield right now. I didn't think Monday was great for them. Um, so I, I'm going with the shield to win here. I am too. Uh, I, I, you know, it's easy to say, oh, it'll be, you know, Xavier taking the pin and no harm done because he's, you know, most, the most comedic of the three, but you could also have something where, you know, that maybe they do tease something to plant a seed where Biggie loses, but only cause Xavier is, you know, off playing the trombone or, you know what? I mean, there's whatever you come up with a dozen s- scenarios where yeah. something happens where Biggie feels maybe a little let down or abandoned and it wasn't on purpose. It was just new day being new day. And they plant the seed that maybe Biggie has, wants to get serious and the other two don't. Um, and you could flip that around and put Kofi in that role too. Uh, but whatever there. So I, I'm thinking shield shield win. Uh, and I'm, I'm curious what the crowd response is for that one. And okay, Enzo and Kalisto. We didn't talk about that. That's the non-Raw versus match. Yeah, but uh, Enzo's a champ. Do you just expect him to retain? Um, I yeah, yeah. I mean, they just had the celebration of Kalisto's birthday, so I don't think they're going to have two episodes in a row dedicated to Kalisto celebrations. Yes, good. Well, seriously, celebrate. And the sad part is, Wade, that was probably a better hook for that show than advertising any match just because all of those guys are so damaged. Yeah, yes. Well, that's – yes, that is another topic, and I, I, you are correct. Okay, so then uh, we are now to the Raw versus SmackDown women's match. 
uh, let, let's lay this out too. Becky Lynch, Carmella, Naomi, Tamina. I assume Natalia. Have they announced that on social media yet? No, they're leaving it open. And so the you know the the pop is it a spoiler? I think you know what I'm talking about. The potential person returning. Oh sure, sure. Um, yeah, it's it's been out there for a few days. That's a, it's been, it's so widespread. Yeah, so I mean, I guess we're giving a spoiler warning to people here. If you don't, if you don't want to hear what's going around, and you know, seems most likely, just tune out for twenty seconds because we're not going to do a long conversation on it. You've been warned. Three, two, one. Go ahead, Jason. Yeah, I mean, Paige was rumored to be showing up on Raw and being the, the final entrant of that team. With them kind of leaving this open, I wonder if she's the final entrant on the SmackDown team. Either way, I can't imagine the Raw team losing with Asuka on it, uh, That way, yes. and, and Nia Jax for that matter. So I think the Raw team goes over. I am with you on that pick also. And then I don't think Braun, same same rationale, I don't think a team with Braun Strowman loses. Well, Kane's not on the show, and, and I look at that – uh, the the match that they had on Monday that just kind of felt like it was out of like why is this happening? Yeah, as your main event of Survivor Series when it really doesn't play into anything, uh, I think Kane gets involved somehow to get Braun Strowman out of there. But I still don't know. I mean, I don't know that they want to fire Kurt Angle from his storyline role. Um, I, I guess I just look at the SmackDown side of things and feel like. Uh, there's there's not as many people that need to be protected there, yeah. and, and those who do, you know, Cena for sure, and I mean Shane can take a loss; he loses all the time. Right. Randy Orton, no big deal. They may they may feel otherwise, but Bobby Roode will probably be one of the first people eliminated. I, I would protect Nakamura somehow, but who knows if they will? So I, I think SmackDown just I look at it and it's like, no, nah, there's more people to worry about on the Raw side. So I go with Raw going over. I do too. I think we're pretty in sync on this. Um, and I think that's most likely, but I also think I'm not super confident um, that they won't do something different than that, that we're not seeing. But I think that's the logic. If those are the finishes, I think we've kind of explained the logic behind it. Yeah. All right. So we're going to move on from our own discussion on Survivor Series, but we'll go in uh, this final third and final segment into uh, email. And we'll also touch on some other topics in the wrestling world. This is very, uh, this week happens to be very Survivor Series dominant, and, and, I, and I understand why I think as it should be. But we'll hit some other topics, too, in segment three. So uh, stay tuned. We'll be back right after a word from our sponsor. Wrestling fans, are you that person that works in a pro wrestling reference to every aspect of your life? Well, we're those kind of people, too, but we do so with mixed martial arts. I'm Robert Vallejos, host of MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans, every Monday on PW Torch's Daily Cast lineup. Not only do we cover every UFC and Bellator event, we provide context that only a wrestling fan would really understand. I mean, we're the type of people that if you ask us about how much of a mess the middleweight title situation is, we're likely to reference WCW in the early 90s. Think of us as a podcast for casual MMA fans done by hardcore wrestling nerds. And you can find us by searching PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or any popular podcast app. And we're always available on demand at PWTorchDailyCast.com where you can check out the entire lineup of the PW Torch Daily Casts.
All right, we are back for the third and final segment of the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast, the Thursday flagship edition. And Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net joins me today. Don't forget, by the way, go to Apple Podcasts or iTunes on your computer and give us a five-star rating if you think we're worth it. Uh, go to uh, just search Wade Keller and the uh, podcast should pop up and uh, hit that fifth star. And if you want, you can also leave some comments on the show of why you think other people who are shopping around for a Pro Wrestling Podcast might like to check this one out. If you think we're less worth less than five stars, you've got a critique, especially of Jason Powell, today's co-host. Um, and I understand. <laughs> um, drop me a line at uh, either, you know, you can just drop me a line, Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. And uh, let me know. We, we very much welcome feedback. Um, and uh, we appreciate all of you listening and uh, supporting what we do. But yeah, those five, taking a few seconds out to the five-star rating is really cool. and really appreciate it. We also encourage you to uh, hashtag on Twitter, WKPWP. If you want to just interact with other listeners of the show, uh, that's a good way for you to find each other on Twitter. Other wrestling fans who are like-minded and you want to uh, interact on topics on the show, hashtag WKPWP. But even more so, that is a place where you can take a picture or just state uh, what you do when you listen to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast. Um, we had a cool... You don't want to know. <laughs> I knew that was coming. There is this super adorable picture that uh, – I didn't know if I'd use the word adorable today on the show, but there it is. A super adorable picture of a, uh, a Twitter handle, Drunk Bray Wyatt, at Drunk Bray Wyatt. He's in San Francisco, California, at work, grooming dogs, listening to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast. And there's a dog just groomed who's got the best facial expression. But I love that. I don't know if this is his dog or not, but the, the guy looks like that. You know how dogs look like their owners in certain ways? Yeah. Like these two, it's it's unbelievable. They've got like the same hairstyle, the same beard. Um, it's awesome. So check that out on my Twitter feed or uh, at the Wade Keller or uh, at hashtag WK. PWP. Yesterday, we had someone uh, from Brazil take a picture of the uh, their their route to work um, in uh, uh, don't know what city in Brazil, but it was just a cool picture of the streets of Brazil and uh, Arthur uh, Bindi saying he listens to it uh, coming back from work. So it's kind of cool for uh, us to see. I just like to know what y- what y'all are doing when you're listening to our show and some no, of the you di- don't some of the different most of you um so that's a cool way to uh to see what other listeners are doing to uh occupy themselves as they uh, listen to the show all right jason real, <laughs> yeah. real quick way yeah. do you know how close you were to having hashtag wkrp like the old television show Ooh. had it just been wade keller's wrestling podcast <laughs> i had never thought of that um uh, i don't want to confuse the marketplace by even talking about that too much but yeah that's that is a really good point that is a good point all right let's uh let's go to the flagship mailbag and i'm gonna go to a well well, you're skipping over the biggest news of the week oh yes wwe released james ellsworth today i know you're right or yesterday by the time people hear i guess yes we should we should address that um i think james will will do just fine on the indie circuit i i I think, on a, on a serious note, I think James Ellsworth is going to get some bookings on the indie circuit, and people are going to go to indie shows to see James Ellsworth be James Ellsworth in a small setting. And if that's what he wants to do, I think he's in uh, pretty pretty good shape in that regard. Uh, and I think that's his real name, like the one, you know, I think sort of like Christian. It's, it's his middle name. But it, he it, used it, it prior. Ellsworth is actually his middle name. But did he use it prior to getting to WWE in the ring? I 
don't. Well, either way, it's just like James Ellsworth, and I don't remember what his last name is. You can just say that people will figure it out. Yeah, it's like Christian Cage from doing that. It's like because Christian wrestled as Christian Cage, so he just had rights to call himself Christian Cage in TNA. Right. Uh, So in that, and I mean, come on, WWE, let the guy call himself James Ellsworth. Jeez. Right. Um, So I, yeah, but I mean, I, I think I think we got our. I think we got to see the full life cycle of James Ellsworth as a WWE character, Jason. I'm devastated. He is my ultimate guilty pleasure. I love James Ellsworth. I, even the, the the collar and the leash, everything that people were completely understandably criticizing and hating, I'm just going, give me more. But, <laughs> I, you know, I, I seriously think, like, this is one of WWE's great fairy tales. What a story. I mean, this guy comes in, longtime independent wrestler, and just has the I always say there's enhancement wrestlers and then there's jobbers and yeah. he just looks like a jobber and he gets roughed up by Braun Strowman like the first, I think it was like Strowman's first match first enhancement type of win and people connected with him they loved it and for him you know for him to be signed by the company and have this year run i mean think of the matches with aj styles i mean just this guy got to live his dream and so i hope it is just yeah, you know, there was they they felt like it, it it had run its course and it was time to move on. Um, and there's not like some sad ending that we're going to find out more details about. I, I hope it, you know, just. Uh, but I, I think it's just a great fairy tale story. I think it's awesome, and, and I'm with you. I think he's going to do well on the indie scene. I, I'm even half jokingly, half serious, said I want to see James Ellsworth against Tim Storm for the NWA Championship. Hey, that's uh, that's one of the topics I want to bring up is the NWA Championship. So that's a, a good uh, a good lead in. Although I want to save it for a moment, uh, hit a couple other topics first. But yes, I, I think uh, Ellsworth had a fun run, and you are right. There are enhancement talents, and there are jobbers. There's Tom Rocky Stone, you know yes. the ones we grew up with, Ro- Rooster Griffin, um, Iron Duke, I, yes, Iron Duke, Jim Mitchell, uh, the the uh, Rusty Brooks. He looks like a beach whale, says Vince McMahon. Or maybe it's Jesse. Uh, <laughs> the milkman, Jake Milliman, of course. Yes. Oh, I mean, that's just, I've, I've you know, been a broken record on that on and off over the decades. That, Maltese. That, yes, people, people who are newer fans, younger fans, don't know what they're missing. I mean, they, they can because they can go and watch old, you know, studio shows with, with uh, we'll say, eclectic jobbers, uh, pathetic Pathetic, eclectically pathetic jobbers. Um, but that was one of the fun things about wrestling is, you know, the, they'd introduce the, the match and there'd be, you know, Al Darush or whatever, the ring announcer. And, and to my left, it is Tom Rocky Stone. And Rocky, <laughs> you know, he, he loses all his matches. He's not in great shape. And the camera goes to him and he just sort of throws his hand in there like, hey, you know, like, <laughs> I know I'm going to get my ass kicked. And it's just like, and then you have the delusional jobbers, the one who's just like, yeah, this is my moment. I'm going to – and then, boom, Hawk just clotheslines his head off in a road Where's your Griffin? Yeah, so I, jobber, I would love to see WWE. And, again, they, they want wrestlers that they can trust are not going to get hurt or hurt their, their stars, and I understand that. Um, and so they've, they've gone away from having just local indie talent wherever the TV taping is come in and get squashed. And, and I get that there's liability issues and safety issues. Plus, they just are worried about what people watch. But I thought it worked really well with Braun Strowman and Nia Jax having squash matches. And Oscar now. And Oscar now, too. Yeah. So, I, you know, and, it is, and people go, well, why, why is this jobber getting a, a match against this person if they lose all the time? And it's like, just don't be a stickler for that. It's just it's that sometimes the worst NFL team plays the best NFL team. It's part of the rotation. Right. Yeah. 
Okay, uh, let's get an email in here from Brian Alston from Phoenix, senior PW Torch VIP subscriber. He's been on the subscription list for decades. Thank you, Brian, for that. Uh, he says, the return of the dynamic duo. That's what he calls us, Jason. Have I'm you Batman. have you heard <laughs> have you heard anything about the Dusty Rhodes tag team tournament? If not, probably because NXT is driving towards takeover war games. Um, yeah. What? Any? Have you heard anything, Jason, on the prospects no. of another one? Yeah, I haven't either. Um, let's. When do they normally do? It must be this time of year. That must be why he's asking. Well, even even so, I mean, I don't think they have to do it at the same time each year to to bring it back. Um. But you know, I I would say if they're gonna if if there's plans to do it, I haven't heard. It's possible it flew under my radar, but I would think that yeah, they're not going to talk about it because all the focus is on NXT right now. Yeah, I'm just looking up on Wikipedia to see when they did this last time. Uh, second one through fall of 2016. So you know, I haven't heard anything, but I guess we could get it as soon as next. You know, the, the television coming out of Takeover. Yeah, if they're going to do it. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm not sure that it's something that has to be seen as an annual or every two year type thing. I mean, you just I think it's kind of something you do when it seems like when it seems like it's a good time to do it when you have the tag teams and you want to do it. I don't I don't know that you have to uh, assign a certain year for it. Right. Yeah. As many of you know, I like my food analogies when it comes to pro wrestling. Don't ask me how I make it work, but I think I do some of the time. I I really actually am into food. I like uh, nutrient-dense food. I think about what I eat. I think about what I put in my body. I think I make good choices, and I have good energy, and I maintain my weight well. Part of that is whole foods and nutrient density, but that's not always possible when you're in a rush or when you don't want to order out and spend the money on the tip and waiting for the driver to show up. And a lot of us don't always have time to cook. Some people just don't like to cook and that's where factors fresh never frozen meals come into play in fact factor offers 30 plus meals per week and 36 plus add-on options like smoothies juices snacks and more to keep me going so here's what you do head over to go.factor75.com slash wade60 and you'll get 60 percent off your first box that's code wade60 when you go to go.factor75.com slash wade60 to get 60 percent off your first box Okay, um, I'll, I'll bounce back and forth between uh, emails and uh, some other topics I want to hit on here. But w- this size, Andrew Gambill, who says, I'm not sure about you, but Survivor Series has me more excited than any pay-per-view in a long time. I might be setting myself up for disappointment, but it seems like the show is going to be great and could change some things in WWE going forward. Clearly, there's some tension between Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan. We haven't talked about that, Jason, that Daniel Bryan warning to Shane. When this is over, we got to talk. But I got the feeling that Brian might cost Shane the match at Survivor Series, potentially aligning himself with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. What do you think the odds are of this happening? And do you think it would be a good idea? No, also, no, also, no. <laughs> also, it seems like Survivor Series has become more about the McMahon family drama than brand pride at this point. Knowing that this is where we would end up, do you think the build of Survivor Series would have been better if it focused on a McMahon power struggle from the beginning instead of brand pride? It's hard to buy into wrestlers having brand pride, but it seems more believable that they would be loyal to Shane and Kurt, respectively. So what, you, you said no to, to Daniel Bryan aligning with uh, fellow indie stars Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Why? Daniel Why Bryan's not a heel. Um, Daniel Bryan, I mean, can he be? Sure. If he's a wrestler at some point, yeah, you know, he, he's, he's, he's dabbled with it. But I, I just think that this is lovable Daniel Bryan. Uh, people like him in this role. There's a reason that it bombed when they put him with the Wyatt family temporarily, and I don't want to see 
feuding authority figure. We're getting a little bit of that on Raw already. I don't need to see a Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan feud. I, I, it just doesn't work for me. Could they do it? Sure. I don't want to see it. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know how they make that fit. I mean, if they did it and Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn uh, are are on board and they want to try to make it work, I mean, I'd be I'd give them a chance to try to make it work. But I'm not. This doesn't come. Nothing comes to mind where where that makes a lot of sense. And I just. I, I mean, I am genuinely. Where do you think they're going with Daniel Bryan and Shane? Because I'm genuinely curious what they what where that's leading. You know, is it to write Bryan off TV um, entirely? Is it to write Shane off TV? Is it to create a, a post Survivor Series uh, tension, or do they just is it just a teaser and they're just gonna you know mend fences? Or does Shane treat Daniel Bryan like Stephanie did Kurt Angle and say, "You work for me, you pathetic slob." Yeah, it is very interesting that they, you know, tease that there's something next week between them. I mean, he could be right. They may, it, it could be some interference or something. I, I don't know. I don't. It's not in my like top five potential scenarios for the the, the way the match ends. But I, it, if they're looking for a shock factor and they're not really thinking clearly long term, that that seems to be one approach they can take. And the idea of putting him with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, it's like why those guys talk fine they don't need a mouthpiece which is what he would be because he you know obviously isn't cleared at this point and if what if the idea is well what if he does get cleared well i want that to be the triumphant comeback story not daniel bryan the heel is now cleared so yeah i leave that alone but it they you know they could be writing him off television um you know i don't know where they stand where how they feel about him talking about his uh, concussion issue as much as he has publicly mm-hmm. um you know and they may see it as okay we're not clearing this guy and yet here we have him all over television we're basically making you know keeping a star alive for somebody who's going to go make money for somebody else I, I wouldn't worry about it if i were in their shoes i'm just trying to look into what you know the mindset may be that that they have over this yeah I think you bring up a lot of good points that are all all worth considering when we try to make sense of whatever it is that they end up actually doing. All right, I want to uh, go next to Dan B., who says, I've got a couple observations regarding Triple H's interviews in the recent Ric Flair 30 30 for 30 for 30 documentary. One, Triple H publicly acknowledged in the interview that he agreed to ignore Reed Flair's failed drug test as a favor to Rick and even went so far as to wink, wink, warn him in advance of the exact date he'd be tested again. Therefore, doesn't this make a mockery of WWE's drug testing program? I've heard similar stories in the past from ex-wrestlers, but I'm amazed that a current member of management like Triple H would make, make such a statement on record. Um, uh, Jason, I thought more would be made of that, where he, you yeah. know, Triple H is kind of like, hey, Rick, I'm telling you, you know, when to get, you know, when he can get clean. First, I'll get you. What, what's your take on it? Because I have my take on why not as big of a deal was made of it. I, I I guess the easy comeback for Hunter would be that, look, I knew he was going to fail. Um, so I, I wanted Rick to know just how much of a problem there is here. Like, your kid knows when the test is coming and he still can't pass it. I, I think that would be an, an easy answer for him that would, you know, shoot down a lot of the criticism. But like I said, there hasn't been much. But I, what do you think? I, it sounds like you have an idea here. Well, I, I like your idea even better than mine, but I just think, you know, somebody who is trying to get on the roster versus somebody who's actively on the roster, I just think there's a, a different criteria to that. And I, I think the idea of, you know, if you know when the test is going to be because you're trying to get hired, of course you know when the test is going to be. In the spirit of Triple H's comment might have been, this isn't like a random test that you might get once or twice or five times a year 
as an active roster member, and you never know when it's coming. Reed, you know, if Reed wants to get in the system, he knows when the test is going to happen because he's trying. He's the one triggering it by wanting to be part of our family, so to speak. So that that's just my take on it. Was you can look at Triple H and say, no, what he was saying is, you know, unlike normal randomized testing with roster members. When you apply for a job, it's it's like you know showing up for to apply for a job, and you've got a test for pot. If they people still do that, and you smoke pot the night before, it's like come on, that doesn't show much discipline. And then that's where it plays into your 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 idea too that it's sort of Triple H's way of saying, come on, Rick, he's got a problem. If he can't get clean when he knows when the test is, this isn't going to work when we do random tests. Yeah, and, and if you're going to do it the night before, you might as well just show up stoned. I mean, you're going <laughs> to be at ease, give a good interview and all of that, uh, and you're going to fail your test either way. <laughs> yes. Uh, number two, Dan says, I found it ironic that Triple H accused Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair of being past their primes when they had their 1994 match in WCW, given that he is now many years older than either of them were at that time, and yet he still booked himself to win the 2016 Royal Rumble, main evented last year's WrestleMania as WWE champion, no less, and also participate in this Sunday Survivor Series match. Jason, is that hypocritical, or in fairness to Triple H, was he just saying how good Flair Hogan would have been had it been, you know, eight or eight or ten years earlier or five years earlier, and that there was a little bit of uh, a bloom off the rose by the time it happened? He wasn't saying it wasn't worth doing or that they should have been retired. Just imagine how much better it would have been if it was five or ten years earlier. Yeah, I think the latter, and then I think another easy defense for him would be like, I'm not the one doing the booking on you know the, the main roster anyway. Well, yeah, true. In that sense, he could go, yeah, but are we really going to believe him if he says, I don't want to be headlining? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't want to be, no. you know, I mean, Triple H, you know, getting to have a match against Jinder Mahal in India, it's it's like, it, it, ultimately, it, it's, 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 a, it's kind of a big historical match in a certain way for WWE, assuming they aren't, you know, getting cold on that market right now. Um, but... Triple H being in that match, it's kind of a cool thing to have on your resume. You know, I main evented in India. So, I mean, he's still looking for those moments to add to his resume. And Abu Dhabi now. Yeah, I know. So, so anyway. All right. Uh, uh, Jason, um, the NWA, you brought that up. Tim Strong is a champion. Um, Storm. 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 Thank you. Yes. Um, and Tim Storm is champion. Wrestles on Sunday on Facebook Live against Nick Aldis, known as Magnus, uh, formerly of TNA. And it, it was not a... Uh, it was not a pretty match uh, at all. And part of me was like, well, if they're kind of going for an old school vibe with Tim uh, and, and Nick, then, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's a studio setting and maybe maybe that works. But I don't know that that is going to get people, you know, excited. But this wasn't the, – the, the thing is, is this wasn't a, Dave, uh, a, a uh, Billy Corgan, Dave Lagana production. This is, you know – Wrestling and wrestling, what is it? Pro, uh, pro Championship wrestling, wrestling, wrestling from Hollywood. Championship wrestling from Hollywood. Yeah, I think a pro wrestling from Hollywood. Uh, so it was their setting. It, this shouldn't be seen as as necessarily um, the window into the vision of, of Corgan and Lagana, but it is the highest profile moment for them since uh, Corgan took over in terms of of a match with the NWA champion defending. So I'm just kind of curious what what's your what's your take on on that presentation and that match and and the videos and and uh, Tim Storm as a champion. Yeah, I mean, look, the the match wasn't good, but I had no expectations for it to be good. It, it, I thought they did a really nice job of storytelling leading up to the match. 
I actually disagree with Bruce, who said there was no buzz about this. There was, you know, if you're comparing it to WWE, well, of course not. But when you think about where the NWA championship was, and then you look at however many YouTube views they're up to, uh, yeah, I think there was a little bit of curiosity, you know, and they weren't advertising in advance that you could watch this live. Uh, that was the thing is I'm like, wait a minute, I've, you know, I've watched these videos and covered this and all of a sudden I happened to see it pop up on Twitter. It's like, oh, I can watch this live. I don't remember that being a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but I, you know, I do think they generated some buzz for this with the storytelling. I think they made people like Tim Storm and, and I, I guess where I'm a little more forgiving of the match quality is that this wasn't built up as he's the best wrestler you've never seen. It wasn't that. It's just he's this 53-year-old guy who's been a journeyman on the indie scene, and he happens to be the NWA champion. And with the storytelling, you got to like this guy. You know, he he just feels like a, a good underdog story. I, I mean, long term, yeah, they're going to have to obviously – get the belt off him at some point, get somebody in there that can have better matches with that kind of being the way things are in independent wrestling today. You can try to counter that and say, well, you know, it's, we're going to be more about storytelling and the match quality isn't going to be, you know, guys going for five-star classics. I, I don't know how successful that's going to be. I just think there's such an appetite. I, I'm all for the storytelling, but I think there's an appetite for, it doesn't have to be New Japan five stars, It, but it has to be, passable and I didn't feel like this was passable I didn't feel like this was a good match I, I think the real no matter what you or I think of it Wade I, I, I think the trick is uh, what does the next one do you know does it generate the same level of interest more is it down and, and we'll see Support us on Patreon starting at $4.99. Get these shows ad-free and bonus VIP content. That's $4.99 on Patreon. Patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That's Patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That is the quickest, cheapest, and easiest way to support us and enjoy these shows with a streamlined listening experience. The Wade Keller Post Shows, Podcasts, and the PW Torch Daily Casts, plus some random VIP bonus content. Yeah, match quality is not everything to me. Um, no. And for some people, I know it's like, well, it just that's why I watch. I just want to see great new matches. And I'm more along the lines of wanting to see really good storylines that make me care about the match. And I want to, a, a certain threshold has to be hit. And there's a certain range of match quality. And I need it on the high end a good amount of the time. But I'm okay with it not being on the highest end some of the time. If it's a, still a good match and it's part of an ongoing soap opera storyline that I'm invested in with characters where the wins and losses matter and there's a thrill of victory and the agony of defeat and there's the fallout and promos and new matchups that that's all more important to me than just purely match quality that said yeah this was below the the minimum threshold and I think it gave a bad first impression in the sense of you know you already have the challenge of if the NWA is something I should pay attention to why is a guy so past his prime the best that they have to offer um, and there, it was just so clunky, you know, so I, I have, I, it, it was, it was rough and it was a rough first impression, but that said, they did such a good job with the videos that you were invested in Tim Strong, uh, in Tim Storm. God, I just do that all the time. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know. Was there a Tim Strong? I don't know. I remember like a Steve Strong. 
I'm not sure. I'm just going to call him Tom Rocky Stone. Just that'll be easier. Perfect. Um, so uh, Tim Storm, it, it, the people are invested in his story, and so I mean, at the scale that the NWA is at, and with the storyline that they have, they're not going to be building around him for the next two years. This is a story leading somewhere, and they have something in mind. And so this was fine to kind of get on the map and test out Facebook Live and have you know a match that they can now you know I assume produce more videos on and and build up to whatever the, whatever the next stage is. What what do you think about the the business plan, so to speak, and the approach that they're taking. I mean, this the media landscape is changing so rapidly. It's almost a cliche to say that, but, you know, at this point, but it is. I mean, just everything is changing so rapidly in terms of the, the, how, pe- you know, older generations are starting to figure out streaming and how to cut the cord. The younger generations, you know, who have never had a hardwired phone line are now thinking it would be silly to have hardwired cable and that they get what they need um, on their laptop through, you know, YouTube, Hulu, and Netflix, and they have smart, you know, smart apps or whatever on their television. So the idea of like, well, you know, that's where we want to go, Ring of Honor. Joe Coff, you know, made it official that Ring of Honor is going that way, maybe moving out of the traditional pay-per-view business. Is is this a viable plan? Is there a place in the marketplace for what Billy and Dave are doing, or do we just not know enough yet to really judge because so much has to do with the product, not just the means of delivery? Yeah, I don't think we know enough yet. Um, I mean, I, I like the approach they're taking. I, I had Dave Lagana on PWAudio.net. I listened to your interview with him here as well. And I do like, you know, what he has to say about, hey, this is brand building. This isn't, uh, you know, we're coming at you with a, a show right out of the gate. And it's gonna, and, and because, you know, as he's told me, it would look like every other show where they're trying to get the name out there. They're basically brand building and brand repairing for those who know what it became, but building for a younger audience. And I know Dave likes to point to the the average age of their YouTube users and you know, part of it is I'm going, well, that's that's good. You know, it's not just a bunch of old people, but at the same time, who would expect it to be? Because, you know, I mean, not that older people don't use YouTube, but it's just like naturally the younger audience, it's something that they go to. But it's good that you're exposing a younger audience to the brand as you set up for whatever it is they intend to do. I mean, certainly the studio show interests me, but where does that air? So there's just so many questions still that you know haven't been answered and i don't even know if they know the answers just yet i think they're just kind of trying to establish the brand get people thinking about it and probably still trying to figure out what their model actually is i mean do you you you, you interviewed him and you talked do you have a better feel for where you think this is heading in terms of platforms and things like that i i don't think they i don't think they're 100 percent sure but i think they know what foundation they want to build so that they have something to look at and work with when then they decide how to monetize it. And I don't think he's being coy and not saying, you know, when they say they have, you know, what is a 30-year plan, 20-year plan? What is what is the time? Yeah, plan? I'm not sure. I don't I th- remember. They have a One dec- of the two. Yeah, they have a decades-long plan. I mean, I think what they're saying is, we, we you know, we think this could go a number of directions, but by the time we get to the end of stage one, of our brand building, we don't know what the landscape is going to be. We don't know where WWE is going to be with their uh, uh, setup, you know, and and what openings there might be otherwise. So, yeah, I just I I, I take away. Well, even look at WWE I, Network. You know, I mean, when when they first started talking about that, I don't think they were thinking over the top. You know, right, I, right, I think they, they really point. were envisioning yep. a traditional network style approach to things, and you know, everything changed, and and that's. One of the things that I don't think, if it's true, I mean, George Berrios credited Vince with wanting that approach. And if that is true, 
that's one of the great things that I feel that Vince McMahon has done. And you can say, well, the network doesn't do it. Pay-per-view did and all that. No, it maybe it doesn't, but they were ahead of the pack uh, getting in on this. And I think it would have been, in retrospect, a, a failure had they tried to take the TV approach, with, especially with – you know, seeing what's going on right now with ESPN cutting so many people and just, you know, that world is, is changing so rapidly where they would have been shifting to that model. And and instead, they, you know, got right in. And, and I thought it was, a, a, in retrospect, a really strong decision by Vince or whoever actually deserves the credit. Well, and, and Vince has never been happy with cable companies and satellite companies take and, and pay-per-view distributors taking the slice that they took. Right. Um, so I think that being able to just own his own business and choose who he works with to distribute it, MLB and all of that. I, I think, I think Vince liked that idea. Um, once it turned out that, you know, cable companies weren't receptive to their, to what it would make, what it would take to make it work. I just think the technology, whoever presented it to him said, we can, we can do this on our own. And it's like, wait, we can, we can do WrestleMania without giving half of our revenue to pay-per-view and cable distributors who don't do Jack for us. Uh, because the delivery method is antiquated or getting antiquated. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, I can under, I, knowing Vince as long as I have and seeing the way he operates and his attitude towards things and power plays with direct TV and all of that, I, it seems like Vince should take some credit for this because I think he wanted, wanted this to be on his own. But at the, you know, when it was first announced, it felt like a, it did feel like a step back. Right. Uh, anything else on that or no, no, I just, you know, basically just to tie it all together, you know, it's it, again, it's, Think of that whole thing and, and the fact that they weren't really sure. I, I don't even know how much they were thinking about over the top when they had this idea for the network and just how quickly that changed. And, you know, I, I mean, who knows what's next in technology? And, and uh, by the time they, that Lagana and Corrigan get to that point where they're taking that next step, I mean, I, I don't even pretend to know, that's for sure. Um, so uh, it'll be interesting, though, whatever that approach is. And I, I do like that it's not. Well, let's just shoot our wad on this big show and hope that everybody watches it. And if not, well, we're out of money. Right. Yes. Exactly. All right. Let's uh, let's go to Jack from oh these European cities. Challenge me, Drogheda, <laughs> Drogheda, Ireland. Help. Let me know if I did that right. Uh, Drogheda, Ireland. I wanted to. Get I'm, a, I'm a little bit Irish, but uh, I, yeah, I'm not, I don't know that one. It's D R O G H E D A. So Drogheda or Drogheda. Yeah. So. You got to spell these phonetically for me to keep me from being embarrassed. <laughs> All right, uh, hey Wade, I wanted to get your opinion on Braun Strowman and Kurt Angle coming out through the stage entrance and Braun's music playing on SmackDown. For me, it totally ruined the so-called under siege segment. How would they even get to the stage? I can somewhat accept that the roster could enter through the crowd, even though it doesn't make much sense after the start of the show. But there's no logical explanation as to how they would come through the stage area. Also, why would SmackDown's production team play Braun's music when, in theory, they shouldn't have known he was there? Was this done just to try to get a pop for Braun or what? I don't understand. Thanks for the great podcasts. Well, Jason, I think the idea is they just storm the backstage area, including storming the ring. You know, I think that would be WWE's short answer is they found a way into the building and, you know, who's going to stop Braun and Kurt? Or they plowed their way through. But we didn't get to see that and it wasn't addressed. And as far as the production team goes, you know, I think the feeling is, well, they're separate rosters, but it's still WWE. And they use the same production people, and they probably use the same software. And there's, you know, a, a picture of Braun on their screen, and they push his button. They push the they 
poke his face with her finger in his music place, you know, and it's just part of the software package that they carry around with them. I guess I can deal with that, too. It would have been ridiculous if, you know, Scott Hall invades Nitro and Nash invades Nitro and they played their music. You know, I mean, that 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 because that was truly an outsider here. I, I, I give them some more latitude. Do you think they went far enough, Jason, though, in making it seem like it wasn't planned? I know for fans in the building, they saw security setting things up and clearing the aisle for the shield. And it goes to that uh, brawl in the concourse where, you know, the fans are pushed back, even though the brawl supposedly was happening uh, in an unplanned way. But then when the camera goes out there, all the fans are pushed back behind a barricade. It just looks so fake. Like that stuff bugs me more than last night or uh, Tuesday night. They don't care. That's a sad thing. I wish they did. I wish there was that attention to detail where, hey, if we're going to do this, we need to explain why it's happening. But there's so many other instances where they just don't care. They just, you know, they, they, Vince always talks about how they have this sophisticated audience when he talks to his writers and, and I wish he would treat them that way. And, and more, I wish there were more examples of him carrying that mindset over to what he does, because I do think for, you know, for some fans, it doesn't matter. They don't care. They're just, you know, they, they just want to see the stars show up. But I think there is an audience that would really appreciate that. And, and maybe, you retain some fans who miss that level of realism, or maybe you make some fans who watch the show going, this is just a really good, I don't know, know, if you want to use the old male soap opera cliche, but it's well-written, it's cohesive, and yeah, I can get into this, rather than their first experience is going, well, this doesn't make any damn sense, there's too much of that. All right, uh, Jason, we are up against the clock, and as we've done for many, many years, we're going to uh, record a uh, VIP after show uh, where we'll hit on some more topics and address some more emails, but we've got to wrap up this edition of the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks as always uh, for joining me and taking time out to talk. Uh, ProWrestling.net is the website where people can check out uh, Jason and his team's news reporting and results, and also uh, PWAudio.net is where you can find Jason's free podcasts, if you want to uh, hear more of Jason than just once, uh, usually every three weeks here on the flagship. Uh, so, Jason, any uh, anything else you want to throw out there? Maybe social media? Uh, yeah, at Pro Wrestling Net is the uh, place to follow the brand and me. I just, just kind of a combo platter. And uh, happy Turkey Day, everybody. We're, we're not that far away now. Very good. All right. We will uh, talk to you on the other side of the music, as I used to say. Until next time, or for VIP members, until a few minutes from now with Jason Powell, this is Wade Keller signing off. We invite you to email the show with feedback or questions or comments. That email address is wadekellerpodcast at pwtorch.com. That's Wade Keller Podcast at PWTorch.com. Also welcome your feedback on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter at PWTorch and follow me at the Wade Keller. That's at PWTorch and at the Wade Keller. Welcome to the PW Torch VIP after show. Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net is here as usual. And we are recording this on uh, Wednesday, November 15th. And we've got some uh, some emails and some topics to cover, so let's get right into it, Jason. Let's do it. All right. First of all, we've got uh, – well, you know what? Let, let's start with this because I could see it getting bumped. Uh, Bound for Glory. Uh, it seems like a distant memory in a way. Um, I, I, I was not a fan of that style of wrestling, of that style of booking. I almost would say I hated the show. <laughs> um, a lot of effort – I mean, yes, the wrestlers tried hard, but that's not – 
that is not a definition for a good show. Um, they, it seems like they took a step forward after that with Impact this past week. Uh, what was your take on on Bound for Glory? I mean, there's so many different things you can go to, but it, it to me, I characterized it like uh, uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. It was like they've been in a bunker and don't know what's happened in wrestling the last dozen years. It was this bankrupt stale style others might argue no it's it differentiates them from what's out there because they're still doing chair shots to the head and still doing an excessive number of over-the-top dangerous spots um and gimmick matches but i just i felt like it was a, a a time capsule to a bygone era that is that i'd say good riddance to yeah, I, I think I referred to it as an abomination on JR's podcast, and I stand by that. You know, it's just – for me, I, like, yeah, it, I feel like you could just start every re, everything regarding Impact saying the wrestlers tried hard but – and it just repeats itself no matter who is in control. They had one year that I enjoyed in 2016. I, I really thought creatively – I just kept waiting for – something to happen where it was like, all right, this is too good to be true. Watch going into that year. I'm like, another, you know, here we go. Another year of impact. It was like, well, that's not a bad episode, but yeah, it's impact. They'll find a way to screw it up. And it was a good year. I, I, I enjoyed impact. And then they changed creative after the ownership change and they bring in Jeff and Dutch and, you know, the country club is reunited and it just was back to being a disaster. And now with, Scott Demore, John Gaborik, Sanjay Dutt leading this crew is like, well, you know, again, cause for optimism. Maybe this will be different, even though they were, you know, in in, in the case of Demore and uh, Sanjay, Jeff's lieutenants, like maybe this will be different. Maybe they get it. Maybe they've just been waiting for their chance. They don't have to follow marching orders now. Nope, it was the same damn thing with a bad finish to your main event. I, you know, that was it. That like this show could have been great. From start from start until near finish, had the main event ended that way, I still would have just thrown my hands up and said they don't get it. This is going nowhere. Uh, I can't believe that after all these years, they really thought they're they're one of their few pay per views, and according to them, their biggest pay per view event of the year, their biggest show of the year. It's acceptable to have a cheap finish. It, come on, stop. It, it's yeah. I just it was astounding. I mean, I just I, the the philosophy of booking that went into that show feels so bankrupt and so expired um, that I was just <laughs> I wasn't like devastated or distraught. I didn't necessarily have high hopes, but I was in uh, disgusted is overstating it because I didn't find it. You know, then chair shots head. I didn't find it like offensive. It just was sort of like why why are you still doing this and why are it just feels like it lacked that cohesive direction. I just think they have this approach of it's, it's balls out. We're going to do everything. It's just going to be, ah, oh, it's craziness. And, and, and who could not like this? And I, I think there's an audience for what they did, uh, but I think it's small and I don't think it's a sustainable style. I don't think it's it. There's any finesse that there's any um, sophistication to what they did and how they did it. And they, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I just, that style of wrestling, I just don't think deserves a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of even conversation because it's just so not <laughs> it's just not 2017 it's not i don't think it's a way to make money i don't think it's good for the wrestlers and yeah like you said the finish of the main event just you can't do that and then alberto el patron's interview jason oh I mean, my is he I, done talking yet i know he had not i thought i i was starting to think it was like a cm punk real shoot moment where he was just going to go on and on until they actually did cut his mic 
<laughs> so he just hijacked the show. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was going to say, let's see, I'm going to get back at them. And, I mean, he'd just talk for like 45 minutes if they let him, uh, you know, like a filibuster on the Senate floor. So, anyway, all right, I, I just... Yeah, they had all that time for that, and then the one feel-good moment of the show, Gail Kim's title win. Hey, she won the title. Let's cut to a video. <laughs> yes, yes. All right, um, let's, uh, real, let's... Real quick, by the way, um, the I, I hear too much praise right now um, for the impact after Bound for Glory. Yeah. I, I think people need to stop and take a second and go, okay, most people didn't see Bound for Glory. And view it through that lens. It, assume that the audience didn't. They opened up their show after their biggest event of the year with two babyface versus babyface matches, completely random and out of the blue. Uh, there were things that would make sense if you saw Bound for Glory and only if you saw Bound for Glory. And they weren't explained to those who didn't see it. I, I thought it was another bad show. So I just had to sneak that in there. Um, well, great. I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that there's more. There's a reason for hope. Oh, wait, I must not have been listening. No reason for hope based on that. I mean, hey, I hope no, things I get better. And I know there's going to be somebody going, but you guys are – the Tim Storm match is like – I wasn't as harsh on that as I am bound for glory. It's like, well, that was free. You know, This was $40 they charged people to watch another awful TNA finish. And, yes, it's Impact Wrestling, but that's a TNA finish. No, totally. And, and you know, I, I, I get what you're saying about, you know, charging versus not charging. Although I think if you're occupying people's time, there needs to be a certain standard. Um, so if Bound, I, I don't mean that to be a dig on uh, the NWA match as much as to say if Bound for Glory was free and they asked people to watch that, all my criticism would have been the same. Like, yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know, I mean, maybe the world title non-finish you can be, be a little more okay with. But really, I mean, I just if you're asking to occupy people's time, uh, I mean, it's just not yeah, that's not the product. All right. But, but they have their own pizza, damn it. <laughs> yes. A PW Torch VIP membership doesn't just give you ad-free access to these shows and a ton of other VIP-exclusive podcasts throughout the week, but you also gain access to our unmatched, vast library of wrestling history, our contemporaneous week-to-week coverage through our Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly newsletters dating back to the late 1980s, along with streaming and download access to hundreds of retro radio shows from the 1990s, including some of my interviews with wrestling's top newsmakers in the 90s. And also our podcast library dating back to the year 2003. There's no larger, longer-spanning pro wrestling podcast library than that that comes with a PW Torch VIP membership now approaching 20 years of podcasting. Go VIP and dive into our post-pay-per-view roundtables, our coverage of some of your favorite eras of wrestling, top-name long-form interviews, and special format podcasts that we've done throughout the years pwtorch.com slash govip. We have a streamlined sign-up form, and you can pay with PayPal or directly with your credit card or debit card in one or two minutes. From right now, you can be a VIP member and diving into our library, pwtorch.com slash govip. Uh, Cody LeBlanc from Baton Rouge, Louisiana says, Hey, Wade and Jason, I got a couple questions to run by you. With TakeOver coming up on Saturday, are you concerned with the lack of focus on the rules of the War Games match leading up to the pay-per-view? Even if they use tonight's NXT TV show to explain the rules, I still feel as though the build of this match will still be confusing to some fans who've never seen a War Games match before. Also, if you've read the spoilers and seen the actual rules of the match, do you think WWE is trying to hide the fact that the rules are not the same as the traditional War Games match until the last possible minute? I think that that second thing, Jason, I think they are trying to uh, hide that this is not going to be, you know, every, you know, intervals kind of like the Royal Rumble. It's just going to be everybody in after the first uh, period with the captains, I guess. 
Yeah, it's weird. It's I think it starts with three guys, and then like one full team is allowed in, and then another full team is allowed in, and then finally everyone is in there. It is weird. I don't quite get what they're going for. I'm, I think they said everyone else, the other team members, will be in shark cages. So I, I just like, did they sign some television de- or some toy deal that requires them to use shark cages? <laughs> you know, I, they might have. I mean, there might be something where it's a sponsorship type thing. I, I do think it's important to let people there, – there's people who don't know what War Games is. And I mean, just calling it that and having two rings, I mean, that might be enough to get people interested. I think they think their audience is savvy enough to know the history somewhat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's and they're not. I mean, they're not completely hiding it. They put the rules out there online. Right, they just right. haven't. You know, I'm behind on the television show, but it just doesn't sound like they've put. They, they've spent time on the TV show, really explaining it well. But they have a a, a pre-show, and, and I'm sure they'll they'll get to it there probably or right before the match, one of the two. But we'll see how it goes. I mean, I'm looking. Once everybody gets in there, it should be a lot of fun. But yeah, it is yeah. a little bit clunky. But we'll see how it's executed. I, I have. I have more faith in the NXT booking team than just about any booking team. So I'm with you. Yeah. All right. Uh, number two, with Jack Swagger signing with Bellator and Bobby Lashley also fighting for Bellator. Does this open the door for Swagger to sign with Impact? Um, that's interesting. And also, are we going to see a Jack Swagger Bobby Lashley shoot fight? You know, a MMA fight. Uh, I'll add that to the to the mix, Jason. Well, the door's always been open. Um, you know, I thought that was going to happen when Jeff and Dutch were running the show because of, of Swagger's relationship with Dutch Mantel. Uh, and it never did. So, I mean, it's keep in mind, like, Bellator is on spike and Impact is not. So there's not that built-in connection anymore. I, I was kind of surprised that it worked out where, you know, that Lashley was able to continue to do both. I'm pleasantly surprised. And so I, I don't know that that makes it any more or less likely. What do you think of uh, Jack Swagger and Bobby Lashley as an as a Bellator attraction? They love their freak shows, and that's not even a freak show. I mean, it's just yeah, you're you're trying to get the wrestling audience with it. So I, I don't see it as as the the freak show of having you know some of those just horrific fights that they had on where people nearly died and things. I, I they've they've improved in that way. I don't pay close attention to them. I'm still kind of in that mode where it's like, all right, prove that I know you may have some good fights, but I still see UFC as being the dominant brand. And if I'm going to spend time watching MMA, chances are it's going to be UFC. Uh, but that is a match that, you know, as a, as a wrestling fan, yeah, I'd want to see Lashley against Swagger. I think that would be a, a compelling fight. I assume it may be falsely, but I, I, I do assume that Lashley would pretty much manhandle Swagger only because Swagger hasn't been in the fight game nearly as long. And yeah, he's got the great amateur background and all that, but I, I, I would lean Lashley in, in that fight until I see something from Swagger. All right. Um, up next, Vincent from Chicago. First of all, thanks for all the great content that you and the PW Torch team put out. Because of the level of intellect and expertise of your wrestling analysis, ooh, email her the day, Jason. I feel like I know. Oh, he didn't know I was going to be on, or he wouldn't be talking about intellect. That's for sure. <laughs> I feel like I know exactly what's going to happen at Survivor Series in the Brock versus AJ match. So he's got. He is listening to us, and maybe can tell us what we don't even know. Although I think we know. Well, we think we might know. Brock and AJ is one of the bigger matches that WWE can put together. Unfortunately, it has received barely a week of buildup. It is conceivable that the company will want to go back to this at a later date on a bigger stage. So there's a good chance that there will not be a clean finish. 
after about eight to ten minutes of back and forth action, because let's be honest, Lesnar at this stage of his career probably can't go any longer than that. Jinder Mahal and the Singh brothers employ their usual distraction tactics and cost AJ the match. Post-match, Jinder shakes hands with Paul Heyman, giving Mahal tremendous heat and a Heyman rub, goes into his, and go, going into his rematch for his WWE title. Okay, I do think Brock can go longer than that. That jumped out at me. Yeah. Um, yeah I, Brock gets by on Suplex City, and I know that irritates a lot of diehard fans. I don't get the sense that it's as, as, as bothersome to casual fans when you still hear them chanting Suplex City and things like that. So I, I think he has it in him, and hopefully this match is going to bring that out of him, and he's going to use this as an opportunity to kind of silence some critics in that way. But I, I don't know that he cares enough to <laughs> to do that. Um, it, it, not even not that he doesn't care enough to do it. I just don't know if he's even aware of it. Um, maybe I'm wrong on Brock, but it just seems like he kind of is isolated, and I don't think he's paying attention to what the critics are saying about him. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I do – I'm. I am assuming that gender interferes. If it leads to something down the road for Brock and AJ, awesome. But I, I just don't know if they know where things stand with Brock Lesnar at this point. I mean, though I, I don't know realistically. I mean, if Brock still wants to continue, it, for me, it's more a question of, okay, does Brock want to retire? Or does if Brock is still looking to make money, well, his options are basically UFC if he wants to get back in that whole testing pool and all of that, and WWE. And so I do think he'll be back. I, I, I don't think he's – but I mean, at the same – you know, WWE is in cost-cutting mode. Maybe they feel like, well, we're getting everything we can out of Brock Lesnar. Uh, the, 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 the feather in the cap is, you know, the to, to put this – to I guess to put a bow on things is uh, – well, we got we got the match we wanted. Roman beat Brock Lesnar. Now we're done. We're we're good. We can save that money. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, first of all, I'll say as far as the email goes, I don't think Paul Heyman is going to shake hands with Jinder Mahal. Oh, that that part I missed. Yeah. I, no, no. Why would he? No, that he he'll be like, thank you, Jinder, for interfering in the match. I just don't don't see that at all. Um, I don't think it even really works. Uh, storyline wise, because Heyman is on an island unto himself, and I don't think he's his character would can endorse somebody who I think the Heyman and Lesnar team would say how presumptuous and wrong it was of Jinder and the Singh brothers to think that they needed their help. And I think and, they would and why insulted. would Jinder shake Paul's hand when Paul badmouth him? I, that's, yeah, then that's the other thing too. So yeah, I just I don't I don't see that uh, I don't see that that coming into play. So, um, okay, here's uh, another one about that match. Uh, TJ says, I think I might have a bit of a different take than most on why this occurred. Uh, the title changed from Styles to Jinder, or to Jinder to Styles. I think given the Heyman promo on Raw this week about AJ, especially in contrast to the one on Jinder, the Daniel Bryan AJ won on SmackDown this week, and even Jinder's interaction with AJ, notably not using his rematch clause for another chance to be cha- champion to fight Brock, could the actual reason for this change be as simple as the bookers not being able to figure out a way to actually book Brock versus Jinder without hurting Brock yet still protecting Jinder? And I think what maybe TJ's even implying there is Brock maybe injures AJ or beats him up so bad, Jinder then almost has a Money in the Bank situation on SmackDown this coming week, cashes mm-hmm. in his rematch, and uh, gets the belt back. I think that's kind of the nightmare scenario. I don't like to talk about it, <laughs> that gender, that's just things get back to Jinder as champ, and they just put AJ in there to job to Brock to protect Jinder. But I think that's a legit consideration. 
I do too. Yeah, it, it could. It doesn't even have to be Brock just destroys him. It could be Ginger helps interfere, and he's the one that after the match, after Brock leaves, he's the one doing even more damage to AJ too. You know, when they first did the title change, that was my thought: is okay. You know, AJ is going to have the belt. It's going to be a brief reign. They're going to go back to Ginger, and boy, I mean, I wouldn't do it. But now I see. All right, they couldn't sell two nights out in India. Um, you know, I, I looked at their the, the the bump they got from international numbers for the network in the last quarter was not all that significant either. So why are you doing this? Um, I'm not saying you you close the door on trying to you know open the Indian market, but I I, I don't think what they're doing I, I don't think it really it, it justifies all the damage that gender is doing to the overall product just to try to hope and pray that there's going to be enough Indian fans that order this thing or that order the network. And, and I think they can even see all the shows for free anyway with the current television deal. So I, what, what are you, what are you hoping to get here? Yeah. Uh, it just, so now it's like, I, I'm hoping they've cooled on gender, not given up on him, but again, cooled, get him at that U S title level at some point, And I think he'll fit in perfectly. Every Sunday night, catch Wrestling Night in America on PWTorchDailyCast.com, hosted by me, PW Torch columnist Greg Parks. Each week, I'll welcome a co-host from the Torch family to discuss the big shows in pro wrestling, taking your calls and emails. You can listen live most weeks beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern. On Sunday nights with a WWE or Impact pay-per-view, we go on the air at the conclusion of that pay-per-view. You can listen live, but of course the full show is available for download on demand anytime shortly after it airs. Visit PWTorchDailyCast.com and click the live stream link to find the next scheduled live show link. Search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Wrestling Night in America every Sunday, PWTorchDailyCast.com. Uh, along the same lines, John Marr just said, hey, uh, longtime listener, I'm currently listening to the SmackDown recap for this week with Jake Barnett from ProWrestling.net. Let me preface this with that I've been a huge fan of Jake's for a while, but he let me down. No, he didn't say that. Let me preface, <laughs> let me preface this by saying I've been a huge fan of AJ Styles since seeing him on TNA's weekly Wednesday pay-per-views. But when talking about guys who get consistent, huge reactions from fans as being the guy, how can we not talk about Finn Balor? The guy has been getting the biggest pop of the night bef- more often than not since he was called up, won the Universal Belt, and then returned. When going to live events and watching Raw, it's a sea of Balor Club shirts when it's not Bullet Club. The guy has it. If anyone should face Undertaker at Mania, it should be the Demon King. He works safe. He can help carry Taker if he needs it. And if anyone matches up character-wise to the dead man, it's Finn Balor. As for tomorrow's star, four words can say it all. Adam Cole, baby. Thank you for the time. Hope, to, hope you get a chance to read this. Uh, so, uh, Finn Balor, we talk all about, you know, AJ Styles builds SmackDown around him. I, you can respond to John however you want, but I'll add this to it. Would you rather build SmackDown in 2018? If it, put all logistics aside. Uh, would you rather build it around Finn Balor or AJ Styles as the centerpiece babyface world champion on SmackDown? I say AJ. I don't think Finn Balor has made quite the connection that I think you said John was his name. Yes. Yeah. I, I, if I mean, that is his real name. <laughs> I, I think Finn, is, I mean, I think there's a ton of talent there. 
I'm still waiting for that meaningful promo from him. The demon is cool and all, but I, you know, in some of it, it's not. I think people like him. He's someone they look forward to seeing as part of the package. I don't know that there are people who go to WWE shows because they want to see Finn Balor right now. Maybe the demon persona when, when, when that does come out, but with AJ Styles, I do think that there are people that, yeah, he's part of the package too, but high on their list is seeing AJ Styles. I think there's more of that uh, than there is with Finn. And some of it's not Finn's fault. It's, you know, the injury derailed some things, obviously. And, but I, I just still don't know that, He's connected with Vince McMahon, where Vince McMahon really knows what to do with him. Keep in mind, we were going to see the the demon against Sister Abigail had it not been for a viral infection. So I don't think Vince McMahon, I think he, he sees something in him, but he doesn't know exactly what to do with him. That That's my assessment of it. Yeah, and I mean, to have that commitment to him that he had so early on and now to not really get him back on that same track when it certainly wasn't his fault. You can't say he's injury prone. Uh, does seem unfair. Um I, I would I would pick AJ over Balor right now to, to build a brand around in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, if you said for the next five years, who would you rather have? I mean, I still might go with AJ. I'm that big of a fan. It's not a, a, a diss on Finn Balor at all. Um, but Finn Balor can go heel and has played heel. And what I and so can AJ for that matter. So so can AJ, but I, I don't think fans will boo him. <laughs> so it's, sure. it's, it's pointless. They tried that. Um, and, but Finn Balor as a heel in WWE is different. It concerns me. And that's, you know, people sometimes think I'm not a fan of Adam Cole. And I, I'm a fan of Adam Cole. I think he's tremendous. I don't know that realistically in WWE. And it's unfortunate it just worked out that his first, you know, kind of rival is Drew McIntyre. I just don't know. I think he is just under that size threshold to be a top singles guy on the main roster. I think he is considerably, and I could be wrong, uh, but I think he's considerably smaller than Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles. I think just in, overall he's yeah, going to look, look smaller. And I, I don't know that that works. And I, I think he's, you know, we talk about 205 Live being, you know, oh, it's, you know, there's nothing, nothing counts, nothing matters, and they're all damaged. It's like Adam Cole's a guy, you put him on, two, if Vince is committed to 205 Live, Adam Cole, you don't look at that as a demotion or a, hor- a horrible thing for him. You just make 205 Live the Adam Cole show. Like, you know, I mean, you can't call it. Kevin Owens has done that. But, you know, or the show that Adam Cole built. I mean, you got to come up with their own phrase. But make Adam Cole the star of that show. Build it around him the way I talked about AJ and Charlotte should be the stars of SmackDown. And and let and, and then just bring in the best wrestlers who won't make Adam Cole look tiny, who also have really good personalities and great in-ring work. And then he can be on Raw as the champion. Of, of the 205 Live division on a weekly basis, having great matches, wrestling guys his size. And then you also have him on uh, 205 Live as a centerpiece. So he's a raw wrestler, but you don't have that. So to me, like, so I'm, I'm saying that all along the lines of even Finn Balor as a heel. I think Finn Balor is a really good heel, but I don't think in a WWE environment, being that size works particularly well as a heel. So those are two topics there. Um, you can react to either of them. No, I'm, I, I'm, we're in unison on this one. I, I think Cole is undersized, and, the, and it is going to work against him with Vince McMahon. I, I just, you know, I, you see, we could be wrong, but I, I don't think so. Um, maybe if they, you know, I, I, we were jumping back to Balor. 
I wouldn't mind seeing Balor and AJ on SmackDown fighting over that top spot. I think that would be, you know, I think that's Balor's best opportunity is to get off of the Raw brand where so much of it is about Roman and Strowman and Brock and get over on a brand where size isn't as much of a factor. And and the same thing for Adam Cole, where if they structure their roster in a way where you can kind of hide the size a little bit more by putting him in there with some people who are at least comparable, then it's not as much of an issue. It's it's so hard for me to think that they're going to do anything with 205 Live. I, until I see just something. I mean, it was Kalisto's birthday. That was what they came up with as the spotlight thing for 205 Live this week. They don't care about it. And so it, it, we can talk about because you could say this and Kyle O'Reilly would be a great cruiserweight champion and, and you, hell you could have a great feud with him and and adam cole and absolutely bring back that rivalry from ring of honor split up the the faction they're in now and and yeah that would be great you and i can come up with all sorts of really fun stuff and fans can too for what you could do with that division but until vince mcmahon turns it over to someone who actually cares about it i think it's just going to continue to be oh that sixth hour of television we have to produce where vince is probably uh, you know on the on the corporate jet uh, by the time the show even concludes, I, I don't think he gives a damn about this division. Aside from, ah, eh, we'll do, we'll we'll put Enzo and Kalisto over there because we don't see anything in any of these other guys that we've severely damaged. Yeah, and I I think part of Vince's frustration with the two hundred five live brand is not that it's the fifth hour in a two day period he's got a book. It's that nobody's grabbed the brass ring. Nobody's showed that fortitude to just Neville did. To it, yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. To a degree, he did, and and I, I think Neville got probably left before that manifested with the reward for his 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 uh, effort and work but still i think he if if there were five six guys with one clear star that was making a difference on downloads and was versatile and all that you couldn't say that should have been that maybe that was neville but i i just i'm i'm bullish on the idea that if if adam cole with all his talent and charisma and following a connection with a fan base if he were the centerpiece of that show, and that was his. That was the way that to justify him being on Raw. But he got to be against other people his size. That that's where I would go with him for a while. I I, I still think it's worth because it's not like he's not going to be on Raw. It's just he's on Raw, but fighting other people his size. But you got to then have, like you said, a Kyle O'Reilly in the mix, and you know strengthen it with with wrestlers with with actual uh, alpha male personalities. And and that's the problem on 205 Live. It's not that there aren't char- interesting characters. There are, but there's not alpha males. And that's what that's what Neville protected himself and, and was portrayed as. And Austin Aries was to a degree, too. And so, anyway. Yeah, I think the problem with Aries and Neville is that they're both better as heels. You know, Aries, yeah. I, I think, is a terrific heel, and he's always kind of been – a little too much like the heel persona as a baby face. And, and, you know, I don't know what I, I listened to his, his story on uh, Chris Jericho's podcast and he just, you know, they claim creative didn't have anything for him. And it's just like, well, boy, you could say that about a lot of people on two Oh five live. So I think there had to be a little bit How, more going on there. You, you've been around Austin Aries since he was working steel domain wrestling shows in the Chicago, Milwaukee, St. Paul circuit back when CM Punk was not a household name and, and working in Cole Cabana yeah. and that crew. Um, w- what did you? I haven't listened to the interview yet, but I've had it marked as something I want to make time for this week. Uh, what from listening to it? What what is your? What are some some of your other takeaways? And what do you think, having known Austin Aries all this time, 
and been around, you know, not necessarily knowing him personally on a right. close level, but knowing other people who do and have dealt with him and stuff like that. What what was your take on on Aries and in, in the the scenario and case that he made for that? Um, it just it, maybe that is truly his perspective on things that he maybe he's leaving out some things. I, I don't know. I, well, I've what's never his really... reputation? You know, in Ring of Honor, he had a you know he could be a little tough to deal with. I think I, I think he's someone who's pretty passionate about what he does and isn't afraid to speak his mind on things. You know, I heard more about that, I guess, in TNA than I did in Ring of Honor. But I, I remember one of the stories in TNA was when he was champion. He thought, "Hey, I should have my own merch table," um, and you know, to make the champion feel special. And people in TNA took that as, oh, my God, this guy's got a huge ego. And it's like, well, maybe he does, but he also has a point. You know, that, that's that's not a bad idea. But, you know, so he – Napoleon complex always comes up when people who have worked with Austin Aries talk about him. But you also hear really good things. I just had Rhett Titus on for an interview on, uh, on PWAudio.net, and he was trained by Aries and Daniel Bryan. Um, at, at different times, and I, the the dynamic that he gave, you know, kind of the description of what it was like to train under each guy, I would have thought would have been completely flip flopped. Hmm. That fun loving, easy going Daniel Bryan would have been the same way as a trainer, you know. And, and and Bryan has said he wasn't a good trainer, but no, it was Daniel Bryan was the hard ass. If you were a minute late, and you know you're in all sorts of trouble. Where Austin Aries was uh, very much, you know, take these guys under his wing and and keep things light, but also you know show them the ropes and and really took the job seriously. So he's he's, he's a unique personality, but I just there has to be more to this story than uh, we just don't have anything for you creatively. Because what have you had creatively for? half of those guys that are still on the 205 Live roster. Come on, there's there's more to it. Was it a uh, good listen? Like, is it on the higher end of uh, uh, the Aries-Jericho conversation, or was it a little thin? Um, no, I, I don't regret listening. There's there's detail. You know, he talks about his book and, and, and the vegan lifestyle, which is so much of what the book is about. Um, but, you know, when it came, I, I really was hoping for a little more insight. I, I give him credit for being a pro. If there is more to this story that he just decided that, eh, not worth sharing, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to go on a podcast and, you know, just spill the beans on everything. So if anything, you know, he, either that's really his perception of what happened or he's just trying to be professional about it and say, well, this is what I was told, and so we, we move on. But, he, I mean, he was complimentary of the company, too. I don't think it was – they left on horrible terms. One of the things that he said that I found interesting was that they let him continue to rehab at the Performance Center even after he was released. You know, during that 90-day yeah. non-compete, he was still able to go there and do his rehab work. So this wasn't a we hate you, get out of here kind of a thing at all. Okay. Well, that, that's good to know, and that is a good – it's it's nice when a bridge isn't burned, I guess, in that situation. Right. Thank you for listening to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast. Don't forget to also subscribe to our Red Logo show, the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows, featuring our live post shows, which you can download and listen to on demand at any time, covering Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown throughout the week. With rotating guest co-hosts, live callers, and emails, plus on-site correspondents who talk to us Right after they leave the building on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday nights, that's the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show. Just search Wade Keller, look for the red logo, and click subscribe. It's free.
Um, real quick, what do you think of uh, ROH over the top and Jokov saying, you know, he's probably moving away from the pay-per-view model. What's your take on how, how big of a deal this is for the ROH business model? Um, that's, you know, and that's something I talked with him about when I interviewed him a while back too, when he was talking over the top in first quarter, he, he went a little more aggressive in some of his comments now recently, as we get a little closer to that, I think they're, they're tailor made for it if it's done right. That's, you know, with impact launching the global wrestling network, I'm just like, who's going to want to go back and watch all of this? I, I just, you know, I've lived through it. I can think of five, ten matches that I wouldn't mind seeing again, but I'm not going to pay for a monthly service. Ring of Honor, there's just been so many stars who came not not only came through there, but were spotlighted well. Um, you know, it's for for Impact. It's like, hey, yeah, you can go back and watch the best of AJ Styles and Samoa Joe, and it's like, well, yeah, but you're just going to be disappointed by even though they like to take credit for helping their career, which they did to some extent, they'd never utilize them as well as they could have. Where Ring of Honor did get what they could, uh, in most cases, out of guys like Samoa Joe and uh, CM Punk. And, and so I think there's a, a great archive there that I think will be appealing to some people. It's not going to be you know some of those early shows, and even, hell, up until the last couple of years, from a production standpoint, aren't going to win any awards. But right. There's so much talent that's come through there, and I think it is a hotter property than even they sometimes believe when it comes to just what they can be, Ring of Honor, that is. We're, I think we're starting to see them take some steps forward. I, I think that you know, talking with people, they're, at one point they were penciled in um, as being on WGN America, yeah, and then all of a sudden – there was this talk that, well, WGN America might become a political network once Sinclair officially takes it over and they focus more on politics and they bring in Bill O'Reilly. Well, it sounds like you know Bill O'Reilly is untouchable at this point. <laughs> and so I think yeah. those plans are off. And in, in talking with somebody this week, they even – you know it didn't sound like they had any inside info as much as strong speculation. But it makes sense that, hey, you might see Ring of Honor – on WGN and not just the syndicated show, but an actual show. Uh, this person said, you know, sometime next fall even. And what a big thing that could be. I, I think they're set up for it. It's not as young of a crew as we've seen in the past. There's a lot of veterans there. And that's an area where I think they need to improve because I look at it like that used to be their MO. And now it's like, well, you have Flip Gordon. And you can, you know, find a couple of other names. I love but- Dalton Castle. Yeah, I, I, I like know. Dalton a lot too. But yeah. you know, I'm just talking like those when you really look at their undercard. Okay. Um, yeah. There's not as much there as, as as there has been in the past, and so much of that is, well, look what WWE has done. How many people they've signed? They need to be a little more proactive in finding those guys though before WWE does, or even Gabe Sapolsky and Evolve do. That that's one of their shortcomings. But I think they're in a really good position if they brand this right. If the if it it's functional. And you know they just continue to grow. I, I think that can be a, a big source of revenue for them. I, I would love to see Trevor Lee go to ROH. Yeah, I'm surprised that hasn't happened. Yeah, I, I, I you know, I guess I don't know, but I just kind of assume like Shane Helms when he was in TNA was kind of the bridge there. Totally. And and now that he's gone, yeah, I could definitely see that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm uh. I, 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 ROH as the number two company, but not this far distant number two, but in the game would be really interesting for this industry. And there's a culture, I don't know if culture is aware, there's a culture to Ring of Honor, but there's a way that they present the product 
that has that sports like presentation and I think a kinship with their fan base that is different than WWE and TNA. I think that I there, there's a kinship and a pact that when you enter the doors to an ROH show or, or order a pay-per-view, it's real. We're all in. We have a set of rules. And, I mean, I, Sean Radigan details this better than I can, but, you know, the, the, the booking in ROH has has had issues. And, and uh, Delirious is, is not – you know, getting an A grade from people who are who have a stake and in, in an investment in wanting to see ROH do well. But, you know what? They'll vastly improve this year. You know, well, and that's good to know too. And and I, but there, I want to you know from the I want to see ROH test that culture and that again. I, I I've tried to find the right words for it, but a kinship and respect for the fan base and a presentation of the product that's more based around everybody takes what we're doing seriously because we're here to fight. We're badasses. We're outlaws. We want to win titles. We want to settle grudges. Thrill of victory, agony of defeat. Wins and losses count. And there's just a, a, there's just a you've been to the ROH live events. There's a, mm-hmm. a, a vibe in an ROH building with the fans. It's different than ECW, but it's the closest that I experience in that regard because there's an ongoing storyline. People feel invested in something that has gone on for a long time and will continue. And I just think, yeah, I think it's under that they have underachieved with the pieces in place in that culture that they have as a wrestling product. And I'd like to see how it would do with a, a better budget and a reason to promote a weekly TV show the way, and that's why they're out of the conversation sometimes with WWE and TNA over the years is their weekly TV show isn't a conversation driver. It's not, uh, it just it doesn't feel as episodic. And oh, you know what though, I, I disagree. I would have I totally agreed with that until this year. And it's no, it's not raw. You know, it's not it, it's not as good as it still could be, but it is really improved in that way. You know, for so long it was here's three matches, and we, we're going to give you a story, but you might not see like the next chapter in that story for three weeks because we're so consumed with getting everyone on the show. It is more episodic now. Aloha, Torch Faithful. This is Kelly Wells, host of PWT Talks NXT. Every Thursday, you can hear me and my gang of idiots, Tom Stout, who shares thoughts from the live tapings, and Torch recapper Nate Lindbergh, as well as a rotating cast of guests, cover the matches and events in NXT Live on USA Network. Search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe, or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch Daily Cast schedule at pwtorchdailycast.com. Cheers! And, and that's why I said I, I'm not actually disagreeing with you, although I'm glad you said that to, to amplify that. But I'm saying over, over all these years when it's been kind of a big three, WWE, TNA, oh, ROH, yeah, yeah. They, they just haven't been in kind of the, the weekly conversation for the jobs that we have. It's like, ooh, what's going to happen next week? Well, they don't have the live TV show. They have big tapings. It gets edited. And until this year, not a lot of consistency in terms of week-to-week stuff. We didn't get a lot of calls on the live cast about ROH. Uh, we didn't get a lot of calls about TNA either, even when they were – well, when they were live, we got more. But it was more of what day of the week we aired on. Um, but I guess kind of what I'm getting at is I think ROH can get themselves in the conversation if the TV tapings happen more frequently on a bigger platform with a bigger budget. But I think that they would. Like, I, 
I don't think it would be a struggle, uh, an uphill battle to get more fans invested. Because look what how people feel about New Japan with their big shows and uh, the mm-hmm. characters. And ROH taps into that that uh, kind of the New Japan culture in terms of that more sports like all in. It's a it's a 18 to 54 year old male demo for people who unabashedly, unapologetically love pro wrestling and wear wrestling T-shirts. And it's 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 different. And I think the Ric Flair 30 for 30 documentary, you know, kind of went talking about Flair and Hogan. You know, WWE has is not the Hogan era anymore. I mean, they have they're 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 not Attitude Era either. They're in a separate category. But there's still some there's still a Vince McMahon aesthetic to it. And you wouldn't go around wearing a WWE branded T-shirt to make a statement. But you would wear an ROH T-shirt or a New Japan T-shirt or a Bullet Club T-shirt to make a statement. This is what mm-hmm. I stand for. And ROH has that. New Japan has that. WWE just doesn't. You know, at least not with – it's a different audience. So I think when they say we're – you know, Dave Lagana says, where have all these wrestling fans gone? Um, there's a lot more of them out there. I do think there's another style and approach to a product that, that, that would trigger a lot of fans going, I'm back in. I'm back in the game. And I think there's a lot of them actually watching the show. I think one of the issues that they have with their current setup is that it's syndication, so it airs at different times in different places. And yeah, they were on Destin. Yeah, they were on Destination America briefly, and but even that. Well, the show that the same show that was airing on Destination America, I believe, was on Wednesdays, had already aired in syndication in all these different places the, the previous, you know, that weekend. And now, if all of a sudden you get all eyes on, let's say they go live on a Wednesday night um, for the first time on WGN America, man, I, you know, I think the wrestling world would tune in. Whether they're Ring of Honor fans now who are watching the existing product or just to give it a chance, and I think there's a lot of people that maybe aren't paying close, uh, keeping close eye on the product, that would really like what they see. You know, I, I think it's a, a strong product. Being with New Japan is certainly helpful, and they need to. You know, Joe Coff needs to watch it when it comes to his comment. Uh, he made some comment in an interview, basically saying that. He does, you know, as much as New Japan gets credit for Ring of Honor success, he wonders how much credit Ring of Honor should get for New Japan success in America. And I know mm-hmm. I, I, I talk to somebody's like, yeah, that didn't sit well. No. He don't don't let your ego get in the way of this. They are a huge asset, and and it's a game changer if you lose that deal because there's so many guys that work for both companies that I I do believe when push comes to shove, they'd probably go with New Japan. So they need to keep that relationship strong. All right, uh, Jason. Just final, final, quick topic for you. Um, yeah. The, the uh, a lot of the emails we got were on topics we already covered. So, um, the, the Ric Flair thirty for thirty. Uh, I know you and I were both interviewed for that, and we're among mm-hmm. a long list of of, uh, of of big names who did not make the cut. And I know you're, <laughs> and I know you're, I know you're bitter about that. Um, but I, I still don't understand. Did you negotiate that you got to be in the credits next to Snoop Dogg? No, it's a big moment for Snoop Dogg. I, I feel good for him that he got did to he see his name right that? there next to me. I shouldn't have talked about it. Did he negotiate for that? That's probably how I should have phrased it, though. I'm guessing he did. You know, I, Rory spent some time with him, and, and he, I would imagine he requested that. <laughs> yes, I, that jumped out to me. Um, uh, just, you, I, mean, I know you've already talked about it on your, your uh, side of things, but what, what'd you, anything jump out that, uh, to, to that that now at this stage you, you, you want to comment on as far as the, the, the work that Rory did with that and the presentation? And I, I think it would have been cool, by the way, if 30 for 30 came out two weeks from now and they could get that Flair Charlotte moment from this weekend there. 
Yeah, no kidding. Um, and and good on WWE for being timely with that. You know, they they didn't really acknowledge the documentary even after the fact on their television shows. They they did help promote it through social media and everything. But um, I you know for a roughly ninety minute window. I think they did it. I think Rory and Company did as good of a job as you could in telling the story that they wanted to. Uh, I, I give Ric Flair a lot of credit for opening himself up to a warts and all style documentary. Um, he didn't have to do that. You know, WWE, I'm sure, would have been happy to. To, to you know, do another WWE 24 that painted a super rosy picture of all things Ric Flair, but uh, you know this was he, he he put himself out there, you know, and and had his you know, his, his kids saying some tough things, and yeah. he didn't have to do that, and so I mean I wish the documentary had been about eight hours in length and and could have covered Ric Flair in this style throughout his throughout his career. Um, but, you know, for, for the time that they had to operate with, I, I came away very satisfied with it. I did find it interesting. You know, I, I told you I had a horrible day. I had no business being on. Uh, I just didn't feel comfortable in front of the camera. So this isn't a poor me. I didn't make the cut thing. But I'm wondering and I, I'm looking forward to doing audio with Rory at some point. Did Ric Flair or WWE say something like, eh, leave these journalists out of it because you didn't make the cut and Dave Meltzer didn't make the cut? Uh, I, I, and I found that to be interesting. Uh, so I, I, Rory hasn't mentioned that. It may have just simply been, eh, didn't fit with what he was looking to do. But I did find that interesting that none of the uh, wrestling media was included in this, and we know that WWE had some involvement in it. Just my conspiracy theory, and I, again, I don't even know if there's anything to it. No, and I think that it's it's worth mentioning, especially because some ESPN people, you know, got made the cut. Um, but you know, I don't know. I mean, Mick Foley and Eric Bischoff were interviewed; they didn't make the cut um, either. Right. So yeah. you know, and it's tough in ninety minutes. But I mean, I you know, I I, I watched it and I kind of knew what I talked about. And there were a couple times where I was like, oh, you know, if it was a ninety-two minute documentary. You know, there was there were a couple sound bites that I know I gave that I think would have added to the documentary, but I don't know that I can sit here and say that I would have put it in place of anything other than the guy who said Ric Flair was regional and Hulk Hogan was was national in the eighties, ESPN guy, who, you know, just that's just a New York centric misperception of how big of a name Ric Flair was on national cable compared to uh, WWB syndicated reach at that point. You didn't think Michelle Beadle offered, offered great insight? No. Or the other the mostly it was the other guy. But yeah, I mean, you know, but but I mean it, it's kinda you know, they're the – I just see them as the – uh, it's, it's funny though, Wake. Like, people who grew up in quote-unquote flair countries seem to have that perception. I, I had Johnny Fairplay on. He related to what that guy said. You know, he he's still amazed that they're doing a Ric Flair documentary on ESPN. And so I don't know if it was just because it happened in – you know, right there in front of them that they – yeah, well, the felt winner, like it was in a bubble, but it, you know, it just certainly wasn't. The winner writes the history, um, yeah, and that's part of it. You know, I mean, that's a whole. We can do a half hour, an hour on on Flair and Hogan and and their respective impact on culture. And if it would have been substantial, if Rick had never been in the WWF for that relatively short stretch of time in the early Raw, uh, the early Raw months, I guess more than years. Uh, but you know, in he was big in WCW and the Monday Night War, uh, and was a ratings driver and got a lot of exposure there. I just Ric Flair would have been a big star had he never gone to WWF, and he was a huge star in parts of the country that count that are highly populated. But and and people knew him in New York, but he wasn't New York wasn't a regular stopping place for him. So you know, I I think it's I think it's. 
to say that Ric Flair with the ratings that, that he was drawing on national cable was a regional star. Um, he was on the cover of all the wrestling magazines with, when those counted uh, oh, yeah. for a lot. And no, I mean, Rick, Rick was, you know, he, yeah, Rick was, Rick was a big deal and he wasn't this regional star who in his prime years, nobody saw. Um, oh, TBS. I mean, even before Nitro, I mean, just the Saturday night show that wasn't regional, but yeah, and, I just, and they were for syndicated some reason, too, so yeah. But for yeah, but for some reason, it does seem like there is that perception with people who lived in Flair Country. I, I don't quite understand it either. But uh, yeah, well, I mean, sometimes you obviously think he's bigger. Yeah, sometimes you think well, it's you know you think well, people know what you know the company 3M is. You know, the inventor of Scotch tape and Post-it notes and those things that you can hang stuff on your wall and then peel it off without pulling off the whatever those are called without pulling off the uh, uh, the paint. Um, and all these things, but I think there are, you know, we think, well, but nobody else outside of our region would know 3M. And it's like, no, everybody knows who 3M is. You know, like right, sure, so, yeah. sometimes you just think, well, if I know them locally, it's a local thing, and you don't realize actually everybody does. Oh, I still remember, like, oh, other places have Target. That's cool. Yes, exactly. <laughs> all right, on that note, Jason, thanks so much. Uh, we went long, but, uh, and we could keep going, but we got to stop. Sounds good. It's been fun. I always enjoy it. Excellent. Thanks, everybody, for uh, your support. Aloha, Torch Faithful. This is Kelly Wells, host of PWT Talks NXT. Every Thursday, you can hear me and my gang of idiots, Tom Stout, who shares thoughts from the live tapings, and Torch recapper Nate Lindbergh, as well as a rotating cast of guests, cover the matches and events in NXT Live on USA Network. Search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch Daily Cast schedule at pwtorchdailycast.com. Cheers! With some podcast memberships, there's a complicated system of having to enter a username and password in advanced settings, and it works on some apps but not others. That's not the case with PW Torch VIP membership. We now have a slick setup where you're a single click away when you go VIP from having your podcast feed automatically generated on Apple Podcasts. All you need is an authorized VIP membership as soon as you sign up on our express sign-up form, which takes about a minute. You'll get a link, and you click on it, and it opens Apple Podcasts and subscribes. No entering anything, no advanced settings. You can also subscribe on more podcast apps than ever other than Apple Podcasts, including Beyond Pod and Dogcatcher on Android, and many others on iPhones and iOS. So VIP membership, it's more convenient than you realize. Get all the benefits of VIP membership, all the VIP-exclusive podcasts, and these shows with the ads and plugs removed with a VIP membership pwtorch.com slash go vip it's quick it's easy it's convenient and we think it's worth it pwtorch.com slash go vip anytime you're watching wwe raw or smackdown or aew dynamite in particular send us an email if you've got thoughts on the show or a topic you want us to address or a question for us wade keller podcast at pwtorch.com wade keller podcast at pwtorch.com if there's anything else going on in pro wrestling that you want us to address on our main podcast during our mailbag segments, that same email applies. Wade Keller Podcast at PWTorch.com. We invite that interaction. Let us know what you think of what we're saying and let us know what you want us to talk about and ask us specific questions. Wade Keller Podcast at PWTorch.com. As many of you know, I like my food analogies when it comes to pro wrestling. 
Don't ask me how I make it work, but I think I do some of the time. I, I really actually am into food. I like uh, nutrient-dense food. I think about what I eat. I think about what I put in my body. I think I make good choices, and I have good energy, and I maintain my weight well. And part of that is whole foods and nutrient density. But that's not always possible when you're in a rush or when you don't want to order out and spend the money on the tip and waiting for the driver to show up. And a lot of us don't always have time to cook. Some people just don't like to cook. And that's where factors, fresh, never frozen meals come into play. I have regularly ordered those on my own. I found that I like to have a supply of factor meals always on hand. It takes about two minutes to heat and eat. Factors, fresh, never frozen meals make it easy to fuel up fast. Savor the harvest season with Factors Pumpkin Feast for Two, featuring fall's most craved flavor, pumpkin. This ready-to-eat bundle helps you make the most of autumn with a full spread that feeds two. It might make for a good fall date night. Factors Rotating Meals have a ton of fall options every week, too. You can add your seasonal favorites like three-bean vegan chili, one of my favorites, or Tuscan tomato chicken, or many other options on their menu, which changes every week. In fact, Factor offers 30-plus meals per week and 36-plus add-on options like smoothies, juices, snacks, and more to keep me going no matter what's on the schedule. If you need more protein, you can now add protein to select vegan and veggie meals to pack an additional boost in every bite. If you're trying to work out or just increase your protein content, Factor makes that easy. And Factor, as I noted, is cheaper and quicker than takeout. Seriously, thanks to their commitment to ingredients with integrity, you can actually feel good about what you're eating every day, and it tastes great. They don't add a bunch of extra salt and artificial ingredients to try to fake it. They use real whole food, and you'll taste it. So when things get extra busy, Factor is flexible. Change up your order every week with plans from 4 to 18 meals per week, or pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And Factor has options for everyone, however you like to eat. You can choose from keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and protein plus to get chef-crafted, dietitian approved recipes you'll look forward to every time. As many of you know, I eat a primarily vegan diet, and I choose vegan options. And the variety of options just in the vegan category keeps me going. Again, I can attest to this as someone who likes to cook and likes to eat out. And frankly, I'm kind of picky about restaurants I'll go to a second and third time. These are chef-crafted recipes packed with restaurant-quality flavor. Factor keeps renewing their sponsorship of this show, and they have through the year 2023, because our listeners have found this to be a product that works for them. I think it will work for you. One thing I've found that's helped me maintain my weight as I've aged is nutrient density. It's about eating food that has high-quality ingredients without a lot of processed empty calories and factors dietitians have figured that out for you they've done the work and they deliver it to your doorstep so here's what you do head over to go.factor75.com slash wade60 i'll repeat that in a second here and you'll get 60 percent off your first box that's code wade60 when you go to go.factor75.com slash wade60 that's go.factor75.com slash wade60 to get 60% off your first box. Give yourself a reason to look forward to going to the mailbox each week with a PW Torch newsletter paper copy subscription. Details at pwtorch.com slash paper copy. It's 12 pages every week packed with my TV reports along with exclusive features such as my cover story on the top story of the week, our pay-per-view roundtable reviews from the Torch staff, exclusive feature-length columns from Greg Parks, Rich Fan, Sean Radikin, Alan Cunahan and Zach Haydorn, Torch Talk transcripts, the latest news, and more. PWTorch.com slash paper copy. Take a break from screen time and settle in every week 
with a mega dose of wrestling news and analysis with a Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter, paper copy edition, in the year 2022. You can get a full year of home delivery for just $99. Or try us for an eight-week trial subscription. pwtorch.com slash papercopy. One benefit of VIP membership is access to our back issue library, contemporaneous, in-depth, insider reporting on pro wrestling in real time over the past 30 plus years. And throughout the year 2022, we're going to begin our march through the year 2002 with back issues posted each week in PDF and all text formats. You can read it in a PDF format with our original magazine slash newsletter style layout on your screen and flip through the pages, or you can read a straightforward all-text format on your phone or tablet or laptop. The back issues early in 2002 covered the arrival of Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Hulk Hogan to WWE and all the controversy that came with them. Plus my cover story that broke the news on the planned launch by Jerry and Jeff Jarrett of a promotion called TNA. Also, the early 2002 features are 2001 year in review features, including ranking pro wrestling's most influential power brokers and our Torch year-end awards, the year in quotes, and the top 50 stories ranked in order from the year 2001. So go VIP and dive into our back issues. We have most of our back issues available as soon as you sign up with new back issues week by week from the year 2002, one at a time throughout the year 2022. pwtorch.com slash go VIP. pwtorch.com slash go VIP. That's pwtorch.com slash go VIP for full information and our sign-up form. It's more than podcasts. It's an unmatched library of wrestling history spanning more than three decades. As soon as you sign up with more issues added throughout the year. Every Sunday night, catch Wrestling Night in America on PWTorchDailyCast.com, hosted by me, PW Torch columnist Greg Parks. Each week, I'll welcome a co-host from the Torch family to discuss the big shows in pro wrestling, taking your calls and emails. You can listen live most weeks beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern. On Sunday nights with a WWE or Impact pay-per-view, we go on the air at the conclusion of that pay-per-view. You can listen live, but of course the full show is available for download on demand anytime shortly after it airs. Visit PWTorchDailyCast.com and click the live stream link to find the next scheduled live show link. Search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Wrestling Night in America every Sunday, PWTorchDailyCast.com. Wrestling fans, are you that person that works in a pro wrestling reference to every aspect of your life? Well, we're those kind of people too, but we do so with mixed martial arts. I'm Robert Vallejos, host of MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans, every Monday on PW Torch's Daily Cast lineup. Not only do we cover every UFC and Bellator event, we provide context that only a wrestling fan would really understand. I mean, we're the type of people that if you ask us about how much of a mess the middleweight title situation is, we're likely to reference WCW in the early 90s. Think of us as a podcast for casual MMA fans done by hardcore wrestling nerds. And you can find us by searching PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or any popular podcast app. And we're always available on demand at PWTorchDailyCast.com where you can check out the entire lineup of the PW Torch Daily Casts.
It's a new year, so why not treat yourself to a PW Torch VIP membership and get these shows with the ads and plugs removed and a ton of VIP exclusive audio shows such as the new Focus on AEW and Focus on WWE series that I record throughout the week dedicated to a focused look at WWE news and a focused look at AEW News, along with commentary, analysis, and Q&A with VIP member listeners. Plus our post-pay-per-view, VIP-exclusive roundtables, and so much more. Plus over 35 years of archives of podcasts, radio shows, newsletters, articles. Check it out, pwtorch.com slash govip. Tells you all about membership. So why not make 2022 the year that you enjoy all the benefits that come with a PW Torch VIP membership? Thanks for listening to our podcast. Did you know we also have a website? pwtorch.com, daily news updates, editorials, and my live TV coverage covering Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown, and my live pay-per-view coverage for WWE and AEW. Create a tab or bookmark, make it a daily stop, visit us throughout the day, every day, to keep up on breaking news and more. That's pwtorch.com. One benefit of VIP membership is access to our back-issue library, contemporaneous, in-depth, insider reporting on pro wrestling, in real time over the past 30 plus years and throughout the year 2022 we're going to begin our march through the year 2002 with back issues posted each week in pdf and all text formats you can read it in a pdf format with our original magazine slash newsletter style layout on your screen and flip through the pages or you can read a straightforward all-text format on your phone or tablet or laptop. The back issues early in 2002 covered the arrival of Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Hulk Hogan to WWE and all the controversy that came with them. Plus my cover story that broke the news on the planned launch by Jerry and Jeff Jarrett of a promotion called TNA. Also, the early 2002 features are 2001 year in review features, including ranking pro wrestling's most influential power brokers and our Torch year-end awards, the year in quotes, and the top 50 stories ranked in order from the year 2001. So go VIP and dive into our back issues. We have most of our back issues available as soon as you sign up with new back issues week by week from the year 2002, one at a time throughout the year 2022. pwtorch.com slash go VIP. pwtorch.com slash go VIP. That's pwtorch.com slash go VIP for full information and our sign-up form. It's more than podcasts. It's an unmatched library of wrestling history spanning more than three decades as soon as you sign up with more issues added throughout the year. Need an extra dose of positivity in your wrestling podcasts? Well, come join me, Alan Forel, over in the Pro Rest Paradise at Peter Torch VIP as we bask on the bright side of wrestling and focus on some of the great matches and shows from around the world, be it the U.S., Japan, Europe, or Mexico. There's always a place for wrestling's past in the Paradise too, and we've done fun historical shows such as the We Love Liger series, celebrating the glorious career of Jushin Thunder Liger, and our I Was There When shows, where a guest will join me to talk about a classic bout that they were in attendance for. We love variety, and you can expect lots of it at the Pro Rest Paradise. Detailed PWF Torch VIP subscription information and a list of all the VIP benefits is available at pwtorchvipinfo.com. And yes, all VIP podcasts are compatible with popular podcast apps on iPhone and Android devices. Or you can stream them directly from our ad-free VIP mobile site. See you in the paradise. You can support us on Patreon and get these shows. 
with ads and plugs removed, the Wade Keller Processing Podcast, Wade Keller Processing Post Shows, and the PW Torch Daily Cast throughout the week with ads and plugs removed, plus a few bonus VIP shows throughout the month for just $4.99 a month. Check it out, patreon.com slash VIP. That's patreon.com slash VIP, And you can also upgrade to other tiers and receive even more benefits through Patreon. Anytime you're watching WWE Raw or SmackDown or AEW Dynamite in particular, send us an email if you've got thoughts on the show or a topic you want us to address or a question for us. Wade Keller Podcast at PWTorch.com. Wade Keller Podcast at PWTorch.com. If there's anything else going on in pro wrestling that you want us to address on our main podcast during our mailbag segments, that same email applies. Wade Keller Podcast at PWTorch.com. We invite that interaction. Let us know what you think of what we're saying and let us know what you want us to talk about and ask us specific questions. Wade Keller Podcast at PWTorch.com.